Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. But for today, I am nothing but a nine time bridesmaid myself. And uh, I've wanted to do this episode for so long. A, a, a deep dive of sorts, but honestly, you know, it's not nothing informative nor educational. Uh, rather similar to the sorority episode, I want to talk about funny experiences we endure as groups of women that we love, we love to hate, we wouldn't trade for the world. I think situations are funny where, you know, we all complain, but like we're both the object and the subject at a point in time, right? Like we're the problem and the solution, we're the victim and the aggressor. Because even though we hate when other people do these things, we then go off and do them too. And it's like being in a sorority because I would honestly, I I would liken being a bridesmaid to a bizarre form of pleasant, mild hazing, uh, where it's a cyclical process of, well, I did this for you, so you do this for me, which is what every great friendship is is based off of. Uh, But, you know, I've had... I, I've not done this because my fear, is, of course, as a person who loves everybody and his friends and with everybody still whose weddings I was in. And I don't want my nearest and dearest to be offended by me jesting this this tradition, um, this tradition where, you know, to speak in Netflix is a cheer terminology, this tradition where I'd say it's like one of the only times in life we don't want to make Matt, if you will. I think, you know, it, it, it it's. It's always an honor and a privilege, obviously. And like, are you kidding me to to be selected out of somebody's all of somebody's friends for their entire life as a person they want beside them is incredibly meaningful. And I don't detract from that whatsoever. Uh, For me, it's not about that. It's not about the relationship with the bride. It's not about like the concept of being a bridesmaid. Like I love all that that represents. But I think when you incorporate tradition with like modern Pinterest wedding mania and like personalities from all parts of your life that inevitably aren't going to get along and will be met with many, many passive aggressive texts and emails. It turns into this thing that it's not supposed to be. It's not the fault of the bride. It's not really the always the fault of the maid, but it, you know, I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain. Like you do. Sometimes I feel like it's the only independent contractor role where I'd argue I'm deserving of a 1099. Yes. Uh, but so much of it's good and so much can be bad and so much of it is fun. But way more importantly, what I want to focus on in this podcast is that so much of it is just funny. And I love the old adage. If you, if you can't make it a good experience, make it a good story. And boy, did you guys deliver. Um, I realized that the way I could do this episode is to squash my fears by not telling my own stories, but rather reading yours. So God bless and hope, you know, hope you change some names and details. <laughs> I think I told you to do that, but hopefully that goes without saying. Um, and, uh, you know, if any of you uh, listen to this and are like, oh, Shouldn't have sent that in. Just let me know. I will remove it from the audio file. But if you emailed me, I assume fair game. And um, these are so hysterical. This episode will be two parts. It's kind of similar to sorority, similar to true love weights. It's like, I can't, I can't make cuts. And it's like, well, why, why would I, right? Like, I, I mean, I do have to make some cuts. I had like over a hundred emails, but uh, at the same time, I want to read as many as I can, because I feel like this is way more entertaining than like me talking about TikTok. 
which I would probably still be doing if I'm honest. Last week, Addison Ray had like, what did I say? Seven, eight million. She, has, she got 14 yesterday. Doubled. Again, seven million in a week. If you look at her Insta stats, somebody sent me her like Instagram stats. She's getting like 80,000 Instagram followers a day. A day. Like getting that in a, in a lifetime can at least get you a sponsorship with Tula. That's wild, guys. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I won't talk too much because I'll pepper in my opinions as we read stories. And I want to read a wide spectrum of them um, from nothing too crazy that's like more relatable, just like of the small things and, and you know, the, the absolute craziest. And, you know, I don't like uh, calling women crazy. Uh, it, it's the behavior that's often crazy. And more importantly, it's a circumstance that that gets the best of people. It's kind of the Stasi Schroeder, it's my fucking birthday effect, I would say. Um, Mom, that's a quote. Don't get mad at me for cursing. Um, I think girls who obsess over their birthdays are funny. I think bridezillas are funny. I think people that act like no one else has ever had a baby are funny. I love things that happen to a lot of people. But in real time, no such event has, has existed. Because here's the thing. When big events happen to you, they, they, they do seem like the world. Like, you are the axis around which all of this is spinning and you have no per you have no perspective you can't you're not on the outside but you know unfortunately to everyone else you know you're kind of a, a bit of a drip in the champagne bucket the 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 magnitude of the event to you is just it's just can't be what it is to everybody else and obviously you'll you'll react accordingly but point being i just think that like nobody's I mean, some of these people aren't are like, you know, I don't want to call them crazy because it's dismissive. But, you know, just because you're a female doesn't mean I have to support you terrorizing your eight month pregnant friend from, you know, not going to a Zika ridden island, uh, you know, because it's your bachelorette party. Like that behavior is concerning. Um, but, you know, there are just a lot of complicated moving parts. There's friends from different life phases like the friends that know you from when you've rode bikes in your neighborhood aren't the same as your college sorority friends aren't the same as your work friends your extracurricular friends your in-laws there's so many different people and personalities at play that all know the bride in like a different and very specific context that will at times feel territorial because the people that are in your current life are probably closest to you but the people you've known the longest feel the most entitled to uh you know ha have your time and attention and i think that like the financial issues are a whole other thing, like depending on how old you are and where people are in life, I've been on both sides of this coin. When I had a corporate job and so much more disposable income, I was always like, hell yeah, Sin City, here we come. But like now being self-employed, where I'm a little bit more mindful of where I spend my discretionary uh, income, you know, I probably wouldn't do Sin City. I probably wouldn't do Cincinnati. I'd be like, I don't know, guys. I don't have that FU Southwest Ohio money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But these things, like all these things really, really, really do add up. And I think you have to be mindful of that. But well, we can talk about that later. I, I think that between, you know, the friends in different phases, financial issues, like family drama, like I think it's it, you know, so many people don't even understand how complicated familial situations can be. And all of these things like are so anxiety producing, not only just you know all of those small moving parts but like being the center of a of an event where the attention's on you period and also being responsible for like it all coming together and everyone having fun like it gets in your head and until i went through it i didn't really realize that like most brides are, are like kind of in a stress haze you know but for good reason i mean i think I, what i even wasn't anticipating is like 
how nervous and weird I felt about something being like about me, like people like looking at me, you know what I mean? And like, it's all so special all the while to have everybody you've ever loved in one place. And like, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to extract the meaning from it all until you actually get there. And all of the stuff that doesn't matter kind of floats to the surface. And um, I, the other thing that made me feel qualified to, to do this episode is that I opted to not have bridesmaids. My sister was my maid of honor. Um, and, you know, honestly, the decision wasn't really rooted in that I hate being a bridesmaid because I don't hate it. I just think it's funny. But I can't fo- like I need to focus when there's like big events or something that's kind of surrounding me because I do get so anxious. And um, I don't like to socialize before. Like I need to like be by myself to recharge and I don't like to get ready around other people. Uh, so it would be kind of weird to be like, Hey, bridesmaids meet at the church. Please do not come over this morning. Or maybe people would like that. Uh, but also even like those getting ready things, I never know how much to compliment my friend. Cause like in regular life, we're just, you know, we're normal. We make fun of each other. We're close friends, but then suddenly, and I felt this on my own wedding day, people don't treat you like their friend. They treat you like the bride or like the idea of what they think the bride wants to hear. So they're complimenting you all the time. And you're like, I'm good. Like, I don't know. I guess everybody's different, but I just think situations are funny where people like know by default, they're supposed to tell you they look that you look beautiful. I'm like, you'd say that even if I didn't, but thank you. I'm gracious. I appreciate it. But it gets to a point where I do the Taylor Swift thing where everyone's like, Oh my God, you look so beautiful in your Gucci metallic getup. And she's like, I look like a pop tart rapper. Greg said I was doing things like that where someone would compliment my dress and I'd be like, Oh, it was secondhand. And they'd be like, Oh, like no one knows how to respond to that. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, is that good? Is that bad? Like, is it dirty? Like, I don't understand. Um, but I did get it secondhand and it was a great decision, but like I'm part of the, I, I had a very classic bachelorette party, went to Vegas solely to see pop music live. It was one of the best weekends of my life though because it was exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I told everybody I did not care if they came as long as like my sister and like one of my friends came. And when I say that, I'd love if anybody came and it almost gets to the point where I want people to not be obligated so badly. It's like, do you not like just not want me to come? Uh, and I do have that problem to the point where, you know how my Facebook group is called Be There and Vibes Totally Casual Breezy Facebook group. That's what I do when I don't w- I want things to be casual and I don't want people to overthink them. <laughs> And the subject line of my email about my own bachelorette party that I forced everybody to let me plan and meticulously control was totally a casual, breezy weekend girls trip. Because I feared if if you say bachelorette party, people are already annoyed. I can hear the deactivation of your Splitwise account from here. I, 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 uh, I understand when you get those token bachelorette emails that are like 12 paragraphs long. And every single second of every single day is mapped out. But it's like, let me know if you have any ideas. I'm like, well, what do you want me to let you know? Because pretty, pretty sure the thing I wanted to do, we were booked on a pedal pub, followed by a reservation for 24 at a venue that I simply don't trust because who the hell takes reservation for 24? (laughs) Um, Anyways, I, uh, I I don't know. I I genuinely love and I'm still friends with every bride whose wedding I was in and people that came to my bachelorette party. and. I've I've been I've been quite lucky and my weird experiences are not usually with the bride. They're with the other bridesmaids, because like I said, they're from all different parts of life and can be like weirdly territorial and passive aggressive. And like I don't you know, some people have siblings that are it's like it, it can be a whole thing. So it's like we do it for people. 
then they were like, well, I did it for them. And I went the hoopla. So then you have people do it for you. And then we're in an endless cycle of weekend marathons of, of, of chiffon and chignons and not getting along. Can I keep this going? We complain on and on, but I'd argue we, we'd quite miss it if it was gone. Right. Uh, it wasn't as long as I hoped. I hate when you're playing Kings, that drinking game and bust a rhyme comes on and somebody's like, I'm wearing a shoe. And then like, you know, Madison next to him's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Madison, shoe, you, two, through, goo. I don't care. Make up a word. This is the funnest category. You'd rather be like, I don't know, like like six dicks, four whores. I, we, have, we have problems in Virginia. I realize for most people, it's six chicks and four floor and uh, a tip of the cap to you and your progressive friends. Um, I, yeah, I have no tolerance for people that can't bust a rhyme. And I also have no tolerance for like Travis, who's like purple <laughs> sidetracked. Um, but you know, so please know if you've done any of these things or disagree with them being wrong, this is all in good fun. And I think I need to laugh. I, the way Taylor Swift Miss Americana episode was a bit heavy for me. And, um, I think that, I don't know. I think that what is interesting is that a lot of the things some you like agree with some you you aren't siding with the narrator and you're like, I think you're the problem. It just kind of shows why this is complicated. It's so subjective and it depends on a lot of factors. And while I LOL about my, you know, these are champagne problems, right? Champagne colored dress problems. Uh, Side note. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I could, I could talk about my own issues forever, but unless you're like the token hot friend with an olive undertone, most of us cannot pull off new dresses. Like I, I know they're popular. Blush too. I'm while I'm grateful that you took my rosacea into account when trying to like match something to my skin tone. I know it's not about me. You know, I just think dark colors are the way to go. But I understand that in spring and summer that can't always fly. Uh, you know, best case, a nude or champagne dress with like sparkles on it. Uh, you look like Britney Spears in the toxic video. There's worse things. Worst case. I feel like with those lighter dresses, I'm washed out like Tilda Swinson and uh, the Chronicles of Narnia when she's like the snow queen with like the white eyelashes. It's a thing where it's not about us, but I just think that like uh, we're human. It, you want to look pretty like I, you're at a formal function. You're in a lot of photos like, yeah, I, you, screw it. I'm not going to like qualify like i'm not superficial like yeah i am i like i like i feel i physically feel better on the inside if i look good on the outside and that's just who i am as a person and it doesn't take a lot but actively putting on a garment that works against everything i i have um you know is kind of a problem in and of itself but uh you know in retrospect I, i've got to say i do not believe in complaining in real time uh, if you agree to it, you're in. Set your budgetary or time limits from the get-go. Be very honest with the bride. I think oftentimes we don't even realize it's our fault. Like we're bitter about things we could have said something about. And I don't believe in life it's fair to be mad at people for crimes they didn't know they committed. Um, or to be mad at somebody for something like, yeah, they don't know that you're mad about. I just I don't think that's fair. And um, you know, I just think you have to, as a bride, be just have the baseline knowledge that people you know would rather be wearing what they want to be wearing but that's fine it's not always uniform uh, but i just my point is if you've agreed to it and you chose not to say anything and you you know what i mean 
I just think if you can't, if, at a point, if you can't get out of it, get into it. You know, the, the, the battle cry of a planet fitness. I, uh, I think some of my favorite stories too were, it's not always about being a bridesmaid. It's like some are bad brides, some are bad bridesmaids, like other people in the party. Um, some are like monster in-laws, some like maybe what was most shocking to me is people like who really wanted to be the maid of honor. And that's why they were mad. And like, I don't know. I, I'm shocked that people want to be maid of honor. That's like major VP of standards energy, you know, like I, I'm a leader if I'm getting paid or like if I'm in a work environment, like a group project. But in any anything as it relates to leisure, I, I follow so hard and I have no interest in spearheading like party bus rentals. So, I mean, shout out to all of you maid of honors wannabes out there. Like, I think that's admirable because I think that's like so much work. Planning a bachelorette party is a part time job and it's putting up a lot of time and like liability. And, you know, to, to, you got to find an Airbnb that like sleeps 18. It's just it's not always an easy task. Anyway, guys, I mean, I don't even know what I just talked about. Um, I w <laughs> So it's Thursday. I'm like going to try to put this out today or tomorrow. This is very last minute. I just didn't want the Taylor Swift one to be the only episode this week. And I've been meaning to do this for forever. So, like, why not just read the stories? But in doing it like so quickly, I'm worried I'm going to say something <laughs> that's going to offend somebody. But you know what? Here's the thing. I, I love I love I love being a bridesmaid because it's hilarious because I love spending a whole day trying to make my upper arm area look smaller than everybody else's. Avoid the the chicken nugget situation, you know, where the the uh, thick chiffon sweetheart neckline hits my underarm area. I love uh treating you know you get a, a bouquet in the morning they're like all in vases i loved I, I, when i first get it i treat it like a faberge egg and then slowly throughout the day i care less and less about it until you're like full-on miranda Priestley, like throwing it down on the ground while you're taking photos only to like leave it out to pasture in a parking lot at night uh even though you know very well that the wedding planner is going to come up to you at cocktail hour and be like fun idea we're going to use the bouquets for the gift table. Going to use the bouquet for the cocktail tables. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Mine's right here. Never have it. And I'm sorry if that's disrespectful, but when you take a lot of photos and you're like setting it down and like all over the place, it just sometimes I forget it. Um, I, I love an emergency trip to Michael's for glass beads. I, I, I love panicking when I get to an Airbnb for a bachelorette party about in what order I arrived in what room I'm going to get because Ramona Singer style I will panic if I have to room with people I don't know uh, I don't necessarily need an ensuite bathroom but I do not like a bunk bed and I say that because you know if you're spending as much money as everybody else I know there's always one girl that's really nice and like takes the couch and god bless her but for those of us that you know this is our vacation like I don't know. I'm in my 30s. I'm, I'm not going for the trundle bed. It's just not my vibe anymore. I definitely would have done it five, 10 years ago. I, I just, you know, I think that that can be a really uncomfortable situation. And actually, I would argue, even though this seems like the antithesis of something I'd want to assign rooms, uh, because I think it gets really uncomfortable when there's a lot of people and everybody arrives at a different time. I like to go on Friday and not Thursday. A, so I can have a full work week. B, saves cost. See, you're still getting like the if I were to go and like spend quality time with my friend, then that's one thing. But, you know, usually it's hard to their their attention's divided, which is fine. You still want to celebrate them. But, you know, I typically go Friday, save money on Thursday. But that does, you know, put me at high risk for the the ancillary like room where anybody who rents it for a vacation just like throws all the children. 
but sometimes it's worth it. And I, the, the bigger thing too, is like three nights of like heavy drinking anymore. Like I just can't, like, I don't think you need to stay in Vegas for more than two nights. I don't think you need to stay most places more than two nights. If you're like going to party, right. You're, you know, vacationing. It's a different thing. I love, um, (laughs) I love, uh, the the moment darkness truly falls in an email chain when you get asked your uh, t-shirt size but truly i'm not accompanied by like the dark passenger full time until i'm asked my bathing suit size and guys i am sorry it's just like body stuff is sensitive and i know you want to wear bride tribe one pieces and i'm sure they're cute and i know i could wear a sarong but seriously you think i'm like I don't know. I, I don't have sarong energy. Um, I like that. But like two things that bathing suit size isn't a thing. Like your top is very different from your bottom. A one piece is like a whole different situation that that bleeds into wrestling singlet very quickly if you're busty. And the worst part is the reason for that bathing suit is the photos. And not everybody wants photos in a bathing suit i don't even like wearing a bathing suit i just like to be in environments where like i wear clothes i, I i'm not a i'm not a beach bunny i i, I know many people are i'm more of like an a, a, a cobblestone alley cat that likes to drink wine at like a rickety table and people watch i don't vacation typically at like warm weather spots unless it's for something like this so maybe i'm hypersensitive and i know so many of you like you know, we're all body confident and it's fine. And like, you probably love this stuff and I'm being very subjective here, but I do think it's worth considering that a, you can't oversimplify size B not everybody wants to be wearing something that ill fitting in a photo. If like you are oversimplifying size and C, when I said, you know, talked about making Matt earlier, I didn't mean like, I want to look in photos. Like I just came back from my way in, uh, on the wrestling mat. Like I think one pieces are tricky and I just think you should keep that in mind. Like for the dresses, whatever, like I, every, everybody, it's impossible to make everybody happy. Even if you all do different styles and colors, it almost sometimes becomes more stressful because then you'll like overthink the palette one day when you're like stressed about something else, but taking it out on Jessica's burgundy, it's like not ox blood, but it's also not wine colored, what you asked. And like, that's so rude. Um, but I just think that the dress is like, is something we just have to like, let go of. You have to pick the most common denominator, something that will like look decent on everybody. And it's just not going to be like smoking hot because at the end of the day, no matter what the dress is, the the dress you like is the dress you pick. Right. It's anytime you're it's kind of like, you know, any job, even if it's your passion becomes work because you're not on your own time. You know, anything that becomes anything mandatory, it has a an element of, of novelty and excitement you know, carved away from it just in nature because you didn't have a choice. Um, You know, what I will say, though, is that the bridesmaids dress shops. I know I'm sure I've talked about this on an episode, but the the attendant that sizes you for an eight but recommends a 16 because the sample is stretched, despite you knowing full well if you like put on a few prior to wearing the bridesmaids dress that there is no damn stretch in that entire dress like that. That is what kills me. It's like, we all know these things don't stretch. The floor sample is the size. Like, don't fall for it. And I know they like psych you out as like better to be bigger than like and to to you know tailor it in in case of something. But like, 
it's just going to come a little bit big anyway. And I've gotten to the point where I just bulldoze over their little like form and clipboard and put the exact size I want because paying for like bodice alterations, it's just a lot. It's a lot more than a hem. And it's just like, I, I think it's wild as something custom tailored to your body. You don't want to be wearing and you'll never wear again. Just like get the best fit you can, you know? Um, and I think that too, the, uh, I talked about this, I think in my, what it was in October. I, how I always am so hungry at weddings because I, I don't know, like most dresses have like a fitted waist and it's not like at my waist. No, God, no, it's not at, like really even my ribs or like empire, like hell, I'd even take a, a, a roaring twenties drop waist at this juncture, but like it, it chops you like karate chops you in the love handle. It's like a, uh, like when they try, like tie strings around a rump roast, it's like, it, even if no matter your size, it just like if you don't have a long torso, I, I honestly is my podcast not just a crusade against long torsos. What did I wasn't I just talking about them in what context? What context would I be talking about long torsos? Oh, TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is just, yeah, a who's who of narrow rib cages and long torsos. And, you know, a lot of things work on them. And again, I'm just projecting all of my issues. But uh, I feel like I always have this issue with like a reverberated stomach growl and and like an echoey church because like the aforementioned dresses lack of stretch makes me like psych myself out. And it's, it's like, so I'll just eat, you know, pineapple or something at the getting ready breakfast because the other option is like bagel and schmear. And it's just, you know, it's not that I, and like, it's not that I'm starving myself. It's just like an actual bloat function. Like it's hard to wear something that cuts into your waist when you've just had a full bagel and schmear, at least for me. Cause like, you know, we're all different. Our body, our body responds to food differently. Um, but I just hate being hungry and I hate being hungry in a church and I hate being hungry during a full mass. It's, um, you know, word on the street is it's weird to ask for two hosts during communion because you want a little snack though. I don't blame you. And also I'd love to remind everybody to be mindful. If you're in a church where kneeling happens, to take off the Nordstrom Rack or Markle's Marshall sticker off the bottom of your shoe, because I know I've forgotten to do that many, many times because I love when a shoe is invisible, but the bride requires a shoe type. I never get the shoe type. I use what I have or I'll buy something that's sensible. You need a sensible shoe at a wedding, let's be honest. And if nobody can see them, I don't really understand the point of them needing to be uniform. And it's really, I feel like if, if I'm not going to follow the rules, like that's, you know, a small way in which I can take back, take back my freedom. Um, but like, also, I think I talked about this in my New York show. One of my favorite things is, uh, like the, okay. I love a rehearsal dinner. Like I just love it. It's the best part. It's so fun. You're getting a free, delicious meal at usually a pretty nice restaurant, a private event room. And you can actually like get the beef. Like I recommend not getting the beef at the wedding. Because you just cannot cook a cut of red meat well for over 150 people. It's just it's going to be medium or plus. And if you're not into that, just like get the chicken or fish. Um, But on Friday, you can enjoy, you know, all the beef tenderloin you want because it's not a banquet hall and they can actually cook it, then give it to you without like a 20 minute gap in between. And um, I love the toasts at a rehearsal dinner because like, A, it's fun because everybody, you know, it's like everyone's kind of seeing each other for the first time and getting caught up and you can wear what you want and look really cute and everyone's in a good mood. 
and it's not stressful yet. And you can kind of drink a lot. And I don't want to call it the, you know, the B team or second string of, of, of toasters. But I do think that the people that give toast at the rehearsal dinner incur less risk. Therefore, yeah, they take a little more liberty with their speeches. And you hear from people of different parts of their life. I know not everybody likes speeches. Honestly, I, I had no interest in having, in having a wedding unless I wasn't being effectively eulogized while I was alive. Because when else is that going to happen? Take your moment, guys. I don't, I don't like when people compliment me to my face, but I don't mind a toast. I don't know what life is for if we can't all gather for ceremonious reasons and reflect on the good times and inside jokes and fun experiences we've had in this life we've shared together. Like for the love, what is the point if we're not sharing? And I think that even though toasts are a lot of pressure for the person delivering it, I think you have to remember it's people aren't really concerned with how you look. It's like how you make the bride feel. And I think you can't go wrong with sentimental. You can add your own elements of humor here and there. If you're worried about it not landing, just do not Google jokes and do not try to be something you're not. I actually think I'm better at being sentimental than funny. And I usually skew sentimental. Um, but whereas like every best man ever, like our Greg and I's favorite, we love best man speeches because I, you know, a lot of them truly do Google it and it's like placing bets on the opening line and we're, maybe we're terrible, but like, you know, I feel like I go to a lot of weddings too. These are ones I would never make fun of somebody I knew and I'm not making fun of them. I'm just making fun of like how people just like must not realize that you know, a lot of people get up and say like, uh, you know, here we all know the bride is a wonderful woman who deserves the perfect man. Too bad you don't get what you deserve. You know what I mean? Or like, uh, uh, you know, here's to the the, the groom, the, the, the handsome, intelligent, charming. Oh, sorry, Jason, I'm having trouble reading your handwriting of the speech you just wrote me, you know, like pretending the groom wrote the speech. And like, then there's a lot of sexist jokes that people tell in speeches. Like, here's to uh, uh, Ashley finding Mr. Right and cheers to her being Mrs. Always Right. Am I right? And it's just like, shut up. You know, I hate when stuff's like, oh, well, you might be wearing a dress today, but the wife wears the pants. It's like, what? <laughs> You're using your opportunity to, you know, eulogize your friend who's alive still by telling Internet jokes. <laughs> And I know the eulogy thing seems weird, but like, I do think it's a shame we wait to 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 say some things but until people pass. And I just want to I'm just a big believer in like celebrating people and reaffirming them. But also my love language is words. So that's, um, you know, just my preference. But I don't know, guys, I just uh, I, I think with speeches, not that anybody asked for my advice, but tell stories. Storytelling's good. Inside jokes, eh, few and far between, because it's just you, to storytell, you have to tell the story and explain it. For example, one of my best childhood friends and I, we we were big Pocahontas stands uh, living in Virginia. She's a big deal. We 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 were taught about John Smith and co in like first grade. Now, looking back on that story and that movie. I, I, it is riddled with issues that I hope you know as an adult I acknowledge but as a child I loved the music and my friend and I would go into the woods and like weave in and out of the trees like come run the hidden pine trails of the forest come taste the sun sweet berries of the earth till we found out that some berries are poisonous but we did used to like literally eat them we would like eat leaves 
it was weird. But, you know, when you're a kid and you just like have fun doing things, we'd paint with all the colors of the wind. So if she got up in, in a speech and was like, I'm so glad you found your John Smith. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, what? Wasn't he like 28 and she was 12? Like, was he a husband or a captor? Like, was like, you know, it's just not the time you want to be tr- reconciling all the historical in- inaccuracies. And in, without context, it's like in your wedding speech, you just like brought up a colonist. It's just it's a little strange. So it's important to explain. It's important to tell anecdotes and stories, but just make sure people know what's going on. Um, and, you know, I think to remember to not overthink it, like your words are so much better and so much more meaningful than like to love and laughter and happily ever after. Nothing wrong with it, but they're not yours. The point isn't to get up there and robotically talk to make yourself look good. Again, the point is to be able to articulate what your relationship means to you. And I truly, truly, truly think when it's sincere, it lands. I think the only time it doesn't is when people like are kind of mad libbing it, you know, but I'm not by any stretch like uh, undermining how difficult of a process it is to write a speech. I I will often mull over them greatly. A few times I've helped people with theirs. Um, just because like, I think I'm like maybe too emotional and like, we'll tweak the words to be a little bit more intense. But honestly, when I'm, whenever I do it as a favor, I'm like, honestly, if I ever did this professionally, I charge like $500 a pop because it, it is actually so much work. Uh, and I think that people just have to realize to get to write something you're comfortable with, you're comfortable delivering. You just can't do it on a napkin the day of like, that's when you get yourself into trouble. Like just put some time and effort into it and sit there and like meditate on your friendship, have a glass of wine, like really, really think about how important they are to you. And I just think the words come. And when you're too worried about, you know, all the other stuff is, is when it becomes a problem and like, thank the, thank whoever put on the wedding, whether it's the couple the parents, whoever, I think it's really important to acknowledge like the parents and stuff. Um, and I think that best men need to read the room. One of my good friends who I love him dearly. I edit, I edited his, he was officiating a wedding. <laughs> no, he's not listening to this. And, uh, you know, it's for like friends, like your buddies, like you talk about whatever. And in like in the ceremony, like the officiant speech, One of his like anecdotes was about how the couple like they, you know, one of their signatures is how they like black out and like will order Postmates. And like it's like it was the way he wrote it was funny. But the 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 nature of it was like, yeah, they both black out and then like like gorge on food. And I was like, you know, um, (laughs) maybe in like the ceremony we leave out that anecdote, you know, like we don't want grandma blacking out, too. I think that we need to just like keep it sentimental. I think there's a time to be sentimental and there's a time to be funny. And don't I think I know Ben men don't listen to this podcast, but like I just think that sometimes they treat it as a roast and just, you know, take it easy, Jeff Ross. Like <laughs> your friend might think it's funny, but you have to remember there are people in the room like who uh, you know, a lot of people have conservative families, a lot of grandparents are there. You don't know the like bride's parents. Like, I don't know. I, I clearly am so picky about these things, but I've just, I've been to a lot of weddings and I collect data and I'm, I find speeches to be such an interesting thing I could talk about forever. Um, but uh, don't be psyched out by bitches like me in the audience. Honestly, I really like, I 99% of the time love them and still like laugh and cry. The photographer always is right by me because I'm emoting so much. It makes for good pictures and it's, it's tough for me. I really try. I'm trying to stop crying so much. I really am. Um, 
But uh, oh, the, no, the rehearsal. Sorry, I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of all the things I love about weddings, because if I don't get to say it during the stories, when am I going to say it? The other thing I'm obsessed with is at like how we rehearse to like be humans and like walk in a straight line. Um, there's always like a, like a church coordinator, like sweaty temples and a clipboard. And she was teaching me like I'm a kindergarten line leader. And she's like, do you, do you remember your number? Do you think you can remember your order? I'm like, yeah, I think I got it. And then like, as it's just kind of presented to you as if it's like something logistically complicated to like walk through a door, wait, and then walk in a straight line. And then veer off to the left, like never changes. If you're a bridesmaid, you're just going to the left. No big deal. But so she's like sitting there with her clipboard at like the main door. And she's like, okay, when Tiffany gets to the third pillar, you go smile, shoulders back, pace yourself. And I'm like, got it. <laughs> why, why, why are, why are we in this church for two hours? And we're getting to like the cocktail hour late for the rehearsal dinner. Like let's, let's, let's keep it moving. I know it's important for the couple, but like, I just do not think church weddings could be more straightforward. And if everybody cooperates, it's just like, you know, could be really, really fast. Um, but half the time there's always people that miss it too. Cause like missed flights and whatever. And like, they're fine. They figure it out. It just cracks me up. The one thing I do panic about as I'm walking down the aisle is a, um, closed mouth or open mouth smile. I think it's unnatural to smile, do like a hundred yard dash, you know, cheese in. Cause by the end, your cheeks fall and you just look like that emoji with like just that's just showing its teeth where you're like, oh, that one. Um, but a closed mouth smile is, uh, I don't know, a little, it's not my, it's not the best for photos and it's like a little insincere coming from me. Um, and I also too forget, I do actually, I'm saying like, uh, we can walk, we get it. But like, I have a hard time remembering to pace myself. Uh, it's, I just think that that's a long walk down the aisle. Like I, even though it's easy, I never know who to make eye contact with. I usually end up just like looking past people. And the last wedding I was in, it was like the week I like put out the true love waits episode. And it was just me facing off with Jesus. And I was like, seriously, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt so weird about it. I was like, I had to talk about it. Um, I just really felt like he was staring me down. It, like, I'm not even kidding. It was kind of a weird, like a uh, spiritual experience for me where I was like, hello, stranger. I'm sorry for everything I've said and done. I still believe you are a great man. And uh, you did nothing to make the youth pastors take such liberties on your word. God bless. Like I'm jacked up. I had a sweet tea. And the last thing I'll say <laughs> is that I find it hugely stressful when I have a bag of stuff because I got ready somewhere and I have like my curling iron or like makeup of like, you know, all my prized possessions, my like Kylie palettes. Um, and so I have like a huge like tote bag or something or backpack. And like, I never freaking know where to put it. Same with a purse. When you're a bridesmaid, you're in that weird situation where like you have to be a person that doesn't own like have things. And, um, you know, the other weird part too, is like, you have to abandon your like spouse for the entire weekend. You like fly them to Napa only to like see them 48 hours later to fly home. And like, yeah, you can kind of hang out at the reception, but like, I don't know. i sometimes I wish like I could hang out with my spouse, but like during the day Saturday, if we went all that way, you know, and can't stay very long, but again, just being a complainer, um, where, put, where do I put my stuff? Like, it gets put in somebody's trunk who I can't find at the end of the night. And they're like, Oh, just go by their Airbnb tomorrow. And I'm like, what? No, like I need my wallet. Um, or it like, I leave it on the trolley and like, I'm sorry. I don't trust. I don't know that the trolley driver 
Like, it's like an open window trolley. Is he really going to run a tight ship for, during a 90 minute mass? Like, no, he's getting a bagel sandwich. Like, our stuff's just being left there. And if I were, if I were a criminal, uh, if I were like a burglar, are we calling them burglars? It sounds very like 1990s, um, like a crook, you know, hamburger, no hamburger, robber. If I was a robber. Is that the right word? Yeah. If I were a robber, I'd target churches on Saturdays. I'd target trolleys. I'd target party buses. Uh, these are things that are just like left open air that are a treasure trove of personal belongings. And it gives me a lot of anxiety. And even like, I don't know. Anyways, I, th- that's the one thing is like, I do sometimes think that that's very overlooked and that there should be a plan for where everybody puts their stuff that's safe and secure and where they can have access to it following the ceremony and at the reception. Because, you know, I, I have allergies. What if I need a Benadryl or safety pin? You know, you just never know. I, those are very small things. Honestly, what I want is like my full Laura contour palette so I can carve out my cheekbones again after they fall out. But um, I'll just go through some of these in random order. Uh, some of them I've read. I tried to put in ones I didn't because I was realizing I was laughing so hard or like shocked during some. And I was like, oh, I, I'd rather react on Mike. Um, so I just printed them out and I literally have a novel. It's quite exciting. Hi, Kate. I'm not sure where to start this because it takes me 15 minutes to tell verbally. So here it goes. Uh, I was a bridesmaid at a college friend's wedding when we were 24. She comes across as bubbly, nice girl next door, hometown girl, but is one of those girls that somehow doesn't have close friends despite being everyone's friend. I could not understand what you mean more. It's kind of like people like Ramona Singer who, who say like, life's just all about your girlfriends. Like, I think sometimes people say that. Like, aren't actually close with their girlfriends. You know what I mean? I make just sweeping generalizations. Um, first red flag. She asked me to be in the wedding via a poem. Hey, <laughs> that sounds tasteful. <laughs> we lived in Manhattan at the time. And despite never seeing each other, uh, she never drank. I was a regular at a wine bar. She asked to meet up on a Friday night. We were walked around a few minutes and then she sat me down next to a fountain. Like Washington Square? I'm picturing like a mall fountain because I love the smell of loose, loose change and chlorine against the faux marble. But I'm going to guess it was a park. But I feel like you included that for a reason. Uh, complete with water features and lights blinking on and off. I, I don't know where in Manhattan that is unless it's like a Guy Fieri's restaurant. Um, as we sat there, she ripped out, she whipped out a poem and read it aloud to me. She was crying. I was in actual shock and trying to figure out which of my sisters to call first and describe this scene to. Oh, God. <laughs> side note i still have this poem it's folded in my wallet and now looks like it's a historic work of art uh she said she'd send it to me but i can't read it in full and it's okay i respect your privacy um i said yes because we were 24 and i didn't know how to say no yet throughout the process we would get wild emails trying to plan things with our six bridesmaids and i would always try to be accommodating i don't think anybody else was actually willing to meet up for dress shopping so they all canceled however we'd received descriptions of dresses she tried on with phrases such as Things I love about this dress. You can see my body in a classic fashion. <laughs> what? That's not even the point of the story. Uh, I get lost in the details. Um, most bridesmaids bailed on destination bachelorette. So it ended up being in NYC in her three bedroom Tribeca apartment. Damn. Uh, oh, head fu- hedge fund fiance that had serious money. So the wedding was four hours south and she planned to drive down. I wasn't dating anybody, so I was dreading the wedding since I wasn't close with anybody who would be there. Two days before, I get a call from her maid of honor asking how I planned to get there and could I give her a ride. Seemed odd since she lived in Boston and somehow hadn't made arrangements until two days before. But I said yes, come to NYC and we went off together. Not five minutes into our car ride, 
Does the maid of honor share that she didn't make travel arrangements because I truly didn't think this wedding would happen. The bride has called me every day for the past three months telling me that it's off. She doesn't want to get married. I was like, what? Okay. Three days earlier, the bride called acting like everything was fine. Wedding is on. I have to promise not to tell anybody. Yikes. Get down to wedding, which was being held at an old estate. I feel like a lot of plantations are rebranding as estates. Has anyone else noticed that? Uh, That's a whole other subject. Uh, The bride is nowhere to be found. We do all the girly things, nails, etc. without her. Finally comes time for the rehearsal dinner. Somewhat uneventful, but you better believe I am watching every single interaction. Bride and groom not at the same table. Bride has her picture slideshow turned off. We go back to the estate after. Given that I don't care for other guests and I'm not feeling great, I go upstairs to my room and bow out of after-party drinks. I'm sitting in my room when I can hear raised voices. I open my door in time to see the groom slam the door to the master suite and storm down the stairs. Uh, now what to do? No one else is around. They're outside drinking. So I softly knock on the door and head in, asking the bride if she's okay. Playing 100% dumb since I should not know anything. This is around 10 p.m. She holds nothing back. Starts sobbing. Doesn't want to marry him. They don't have the same values. She can't see herself doing this. It's actually quite heartbreaking to hear. After lending an ear for an hour while she told me all of this, I come to the natural conclusion. Okay, bride, we aren't having this wedding then. We'll figure out the rest together. You're a very good friend. She scared everyone already. She is scared everyone is already there. My offer is no problem. All you need to do is tell the groom. I will literally tell every other guest. I know none of these people, so it's no sweat off my back. Again, very good friend. Because um, I agree. You know, you know where her instinct is going, and she's clearly wanting you to nudge her, I think. Um, there's there's jitters, and then there's just, like, dread, right? They're different. Uh She's scared that she has nowhere to live. And then I offer no problem. You can sleep on my couch until we find an apartment. And then she's scared. She has no way to get out of here. And she, I offer to drive with the rental car and it goes on and on. She's terrified of calling off this wedding. At one point, she looks at me and says, what if I throw myself down the stairs and break my arm? Then it will have to be called off. What? Shut up. <laughs> Guys, canceling a party is awkward. Canceling a marriage is excruciating. Like, it makes me sad that there's so much pressure on people that they would throw themselves. Are you kidding? No. No, that's like scary. It's like that is not well. Um, Finally, she comes around, realizes she can't have this wedding, calls the groom. The groom doesn't pick up. It's now maybe 1 a.m. She is ready to get she's ready to not get married, but just needs to tell her mom. She calls her mom at 1.30 a.m. the night before the wedding. She is sobbing that she doesn't want to go through with it. She literally says to her mom, I'm only walking down the aisle because I'm scared. You'll be mad at me if I don't do it. Her mom's response, all caps. Marriage is tough, Jules. Get your act together. Oh, that makes me sad. Now I'm in a Lifetime movie. Are you serious? If I called my mom as a random bridesmaid asking for help because the bride didn't want to go through with it, she would hop in a car and drive four hours to help. This girl's mom is not only manipulating her into it, but is as cold, but as cold hearted as shit. Yeah, this I think I've talked about before how I think there's moms slash mommies and I think there's mothers. Moms and mommies give you the benefit of the doubt and support you, raise you up, are sweet. Like, you're, you know, it's it's just they're nurturing. Right. And then there are mothers who are you're guilty until proven innocent. Highest expectations. I always think of um, the, the, you know, the critically acclaimed short lived TV show Married to Jonas. Uh, the Jonas Brothers mom is a mother and she like Danielle made this lovely dinner and the mom mother comes in and just like reams her out for like using paper instead of cloth napkins. 
Like some people are just bitches and had to have a nurturing bone in their body. And it makes me sad because everyone deserves, you know, a mommy, I think. Um, but you know, that's where friends come in, you know, not everybody's different. It's fine. Uh, so 2am, the tears continue. We decided to say, screw it about her mom. She still can't reach the groom new plan. She'll set her alarm for 6am. Talk to the groom that the wedding is off afterward. I will go tell her mom and the other guests. Great. Who cannot wait? What the actual fuck? I go to bed and at this point, I'm super sad. Like this poor girl feels so trapped and is not confident enough to just walk away. Also, I want to remind you, we aren't real friends. Where is the maid of honor? Where are the other bridesmaids? WTF and how am I dealing with this? I wake up at 7 a.m. Now what? Just sitting here. Make my bed, brush my teeth. I sit on the ground and wait. Brides appears in the doorway. I think to myself, okay, it is go time. Let's hop in the car and blow this joint. She opens her mouth. So hair and makeup in 10? She acts like none of it ever happened. I try to ask what's going on, but other people are now around. We do hair, we do makeup, we take all the pictures. Her mom does not even speak to her the entire day. Doesn't help her into the dress. When she comes down wearing the dress, no hug or kiss or even a you look great. Just staring bullets. Ugh. I, 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 I mean, we get into the limo in the back of the church. She's saying, I'm going to throw up, but I'm the only one paying attention. Is she going to bail? Is this happening? We like she didn't know what was going on. We walk down the aisle. They end up saying their vows with zero inflection and barely look at each other. Um. We exit church separate from bridegroom, head to reception. Reception is a 180 on behavior. She's living it up, having the best time. What warped world am I in? At 11 p.m., I go to bow out and walk upstairs to my room. She follows me up and I ask, okay, so we're good. We're married and happy now. Her response, no, we walked down the aisle after church and I started sobbing. What did we just do? Why do we just do that? But it's okay. What do you mean it's okay? We didn't sign the marriage license with the priest, so we're not actually married. (laughs) Can you do that? Can you do that? Like ours, we couldn't have the wedding at the church unless we brought our marriage license. Oh, but no, I didn't have a normal wedding. Never mind. Wait, so when you go like sign the register, you're just like, boppity bop bop, Jane Doe, and you're not married? Um, At this point, I was in no place to engage in this. I went to sleep. I woke up at five and snuck out of the house and went back to New York. In the coming weeks, I would meet up with her mostly to find out what is going on since I needed the end of the story. You know, that's fair. Got to tie up some loose ends. Uh, they got home from their honeymoon and moved into separate bedrooms in their Tribeca apartment. They're not legally married, but not a soul knew this. No one. After a few months, she moved out. They told people they got divorced, but technically they did not since they were not legally married. She immediately started dating someone and they and, uh, married him a year or two later. The biggest kicker of this, she cashed the wedding check that I wrote them. <laughs> oh, that's a big kicker. Even though I stayed up all night listening to how she didn't want to marry him, even though I knew they were not legally married. Even though I knew this entire thing was a sham, she cashed the check. <sighs> oh, God. That's a wild story. I mean, that's probably way more wild than a lot of these, but you're you're a good f- quasi friend for trying. Uh, and, you know, I don't think I need to remind anybody else that. Thank God we're not in a in an archaic society where our fathers marry off their best daughters in exchange for a a dowry and we have no choice in our occupation is marriage like in the medieval times or then even off into the pride and prejudice times when the protestant church broke off from the catholic church and then they couldn't send the less desirable daughters to the convent so then there was just a, a, a huge surplus which is the nexus of the debutante ball presenting your you know second and third etc best daughters for marriage talk about this with Mara next week um 
you know, we don't, we don't live in a world where like, you don't have to do anything like exercise your free will, listen to your gut, be strong. It's like, it's going to be fine. Just do, do not go through with that. Like to save face. Absolutely not. Honestly, everyone would understand. And honestly, it'll be a great story for everybody. If you call it off, I'm just kidding. Um, I've okay. New, new email. I've been a bridesmaid in four weddings prior to this most recent one. So I was no rookie to all the issues, drama that can come up. But even I was not prepared for the maid of honor from hell. This particular wedding only had three bridesmaids. The maid of honor, who's the cousin, myself, and another girl. We were all in our early to mid-30s. All of us have known each other for a while and hung out in the past. The drama first began with the bridal shower when the maid of honor decided that the bridesmaids were going to throw. She immediately started throwing out ideas that would have ended up costing us each several hundreds of dollars for the shower. Myself and the other bridesmaid were able to convince her to go in another direction. That was cheaper and made more sense. Then the bachelorette party planning started. The bride had wanted to go to a particular city for the weekend, and the only thing she said she cared about was going out dancing on Saturday night. The maid of honor had a, had a family member who lived in this city and lent us his apartment for the weekend. Two months before that weekend, the maid of honor let me and the other bridesmaid know that she was looking into chartering a boat for us to go out on the lake Saturday afternoon. Chartering a boat for a three-person bachelorette party? Was it, was it a canoe? Um, the only the three of us bridesmaids paying and knowing how expensive it was to charter a boat in this city on this particular weekend. So I'm guessing major city holiday weekend. I suggested we do an all-inclusive cruise thing instead that was more reasonable. The maid of honor quickly shot down the idea. Myself and the other bridesmaid talked to the bride about how much the maid of honor was throwing these wildly expensive ideas that we couldn't afford. And she said she'd talk to her, but I don't believe she ever did. Then the week before the bachelorette party, the maid of honor texts us that she is looking into bottle service at a nightclub for the Saturday night event that it was going to be about $1,500. But since we were staying for free with her, we should be fine with that amount. I kindly told her I didn't have any desire to do bottle service and would rather just pay for my and the bride's drinks at the bar because I and the other bridesmaids don't really drink that much. And it was only the four of us. That turned into an all-out war, with the maid of honor yelling at us, calling us names, and then informing us that we could no longer stay at her family member's apartment. I called the bride to let her know what happened and see if she could reason with the maid of honor. Five minutes later, the groom start calls and starts screaming at me about how I was ruining the bride's party, and this was all about her and I needed to get my shit together. The screaming went on for over three minutes before I just hung up. I wasn't able to go into work the next day because I was so upset after that phone call that I didn't sleep. That was not cool. I don't like that. I don't like I don't like that. The groom yelling at you. Um, I ended up booking a hotel room for myself and the other bridesmaid with points. So it didn't cost me anything. So the weekend ended up with myself and the other bridesmaid in a hotel. The maid of honor and the bride at the apartment. We met up for a total of three times the entire weekend. Lunch on Saturday, clubbing on Saturday night, dinner on Sunday. Neither the groom or the maid of honor ever apologized and the bride never discussed it either. To say I was happy to have that wedding over with is an understatement. Oh my God, I can't. I, I relate to the bottle service. I cannot with bottle service. It, it's just, it, you're paying for the booth, right? Like the drinks are garbage. I, I don't want a vodka crayon for $1,500. Like you could get so many drinks for that amount. And like, I honestly, you know, as fun as a boomerang of a sparkler coming your way is, you know, not really adding a ton of value to my life. I have I've been in some situations where people have uh, opted for that without telling people and then charged us for it. And I have uh, not been happy. I'm like, literally, I, I, 
I have such an adverse reaction to vodka. I really do think I'm allergic. And I just like, it it is kind of crazy. It's like, I'm the monster sometimes that won't pay for things. But like, I do think an irreversible charge needs to be cleared with people first, you know? Next email says, hi, Kate. I've never, ever felt compelled to write into a podcast, but I have a fun batch party story. Several years ago, I went to a childhood friend's bachelorette party in Los Angeles. It was a large group, 20 to 25 girls. Damn, people like her. Uh, And I only know a few of the girls, most of them, including the bride, were sorority sisters from a large West Coast university. That tracks. I think anybody who gets married within, you know, three, maybe five years of being in a sorority, there's a ton of pressure to have your whole pledge class there, the people in your bridal party. And like you keep in touch with some of them, but I think only after college are you the age where you'd be like really pissed if you weren't a bridesmaid or something. People grow out of that. Um, Let's see. Okay. On top of not really knowing too many people, I had to share a tiny hotel room with three other girls because we were staying in a super posh, super expensive boutique hotel. Four girls, (laughs) two full size beds. Four girls, two full size beds sounds worse than two girls, one cup. I like... (laughs) That's my nightmare. I don't want to sleep with strangers. Full size beds are for like lovers and like lifers, right? Like friends I've known for life and I'm comfortable with that. Like if they end up, you know, spooning me, it's whatever. We're close. Um, I do not need your coworker sharing a bed with me. Like, uh, I don't like that. Um, Highlights. The first night we were getting ready, my bed mate... (laughs) I'd literally just met two hours prior, got out of the shower, opened the bathroom door and was buck naked. It was my turn to get in the bathroom and she was just standing at the vanity, putting on her makeup in the nude and said she didn't mind if I came in. I was like, "Um, okay, thanks. The bathroom was the size of a small cubicle and I'm pretty sure I disrobed in the shower. Maybe even got dressed in the shower because why are you naked? I don't know you. I'm not a naked person either. I understand. Um, In my own house. Yeah, but like not in front of people I don't know. Um, on the second night, we had some time to kill between happy hour on the hotel rooftop and our plans to go to a club. Someone suggested a game of never have I ever. <laughs> I could do a deep dive on drinking games and how self-serving they are to like tell wild stories about yourself. Um, in, an attempt, <laughs> in an attempt, I guess, to call out one of her sorority sisters, one of the girls said, never have I ever done coke off of a pie cap stomach. <laughs> stupid so specific this quickly escalated into a one-upping contest of sorority fraternity inside jokes and stories about sex and drugs i strategically removed myself from the circle when it was close to my turn because how could i compete with that i know and then it like sometimes it's like all fun and games but then when you're bringing up like hard drugs or somebody's like never have i ever stolen cash from my senile grandparent you're like uh what like this this too far um, a few hours after we got to the club, I was sitting at our table, sipping my $30 vodka soda and the girl sitting next to me literally fell over on top of me, eyes rolling in the back of her head, completely unconscious. What the fuck? The next thing I know, this huge security guard slash bouncer is carrying her over his shoulder like a rag doll. We gather our stuff and make our way outside where she's being loaded into an ambulance. Her best friend is freaking out and said that she took too much Ativan. Oh, no. Mixed with alcohol. No bueno. Uh, Yes. Around here, we call that a sonorita after one Sonia Morgan, Um, but refuses to go with her in the ambulance to the hospital because she lost one of her Louboutins. (laughs) And her husband would kill her if she didn't find it. Girls got priorities. Reminds me of Darcy from 90 Day Fiance. She lost her Louboutin elevator. 
to be fair, when I lost my cell phone, that I recently got a bachelor party, I was like, my husband's going to kill me. And I was, I was like, I shouldn't have said that because people probably think that like my husband's controlling, but really, no, I just lose things all the time. Um, and it just, you know, you don't like disappointing people you love. People all would have been fine, but you know, God forbid, I can't scroll through Instagram at the airport. The next day was the real problem. Um, a few weeks later, we got an email from the girl apologizing for almost ODing, insisting that she's not that type of girl. She's also a pediatric nurse, so that's fun. Oof, sometimes people in the medical field need to blow off steam more than anybody. Wow, that was a wild ride. Mr. Toad's wild ride. I feel like this is pretty stacked with like, these are really good. Uh, I haven't read all of these before. I wanted to take a quick moment to uh, give you a PSA should you find yourself sharing a full bed with a stranger loved one by yourself or really any bed whatsoever because I've been wanting to work with this brand for so long because I've heard people rave about them. It is uh, none other than Buffy. They make bedding that is super comfy and super sustainable and they themselves have spent sleepless nights worrying about the impact of the bedding industry in terms of uh, how it affects the environment so they decided to change it. Their products are made using only renewable and recycled materials, which makes them soft on the planet and on your bed. Now, usually I you know, ask that I can go off script. I don't like to read pre-written uh, sentences because I want to talk about my own experience, but I liked that. <laughs> soft on the planet as they are on your bed. Um, so their debut product is probably what you know them for. It's called the Cloud Comforter. It's covered in super soft eucalyptus fabric and filled with fluffy fiber made from 100% recycled bottles. And I, I don't know, I, I have seen people talk about this on the internet a lot. And I was kind of like, how much can one say about like a blanket? Like a comforter is a comforter, you know? Uh, but I gotta say, I don't really know how, like, I don't even know if I know how to explain it. It like conforms to your body and is soft and keeps you warm, but it's light in weight. Does that make sense? It's like, when you, but I don't want to use the word lightweight because then it would suggest it's not like warm and fulfilling. Um, it's it has over 17,000 five star reviews, I guess, is what's more important. To know. Don't take my horrible description. Customers agree it's the softest, fluffiest comforter they've ever tried. And it keeps you at the perfect temperature so you feel cozy without overheating. I think that's the biggest thing I noticed because I hate being hot when I sleep. And um, I, I cannot speak more highly of it. It's 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 soft. It's hypoallergenic. It's sustainable, which we love. And the average down comforter has like it harms 12 geese, not golden geese, real geese. And that's sad. But Buffy's comforter is cruelty free. The best part is you can try a comforter on your own bed for free. You can't always return bedding, but they mean it. If you don't love it, you can return it at no cost. I'm being so sincere. I really genuinely love this comforter and I've really wanted to work with them because I've just I've you know, it's like, it's one thing to see a lot of ads for something. So it's on your radar. It's another thing to hear people talk about something a lot. So it's on your radar. A lot of you in the Facebook group have brought this up before and I've been waiting for a code. Uh, so for $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter be there in five. Once again, for $20 off your Buffy comforter, go to Buffy.co, B-U-F-F-Y and enter be there in five. Just how this show is spelled. And um, I, I promise you, your lovers and your lifers will all enjoy. I hope you guys are liking these stories. I think they're really entertaining. Uh, I do. I mean, I'll try to stop at like two hours. I'll try to get through these quicker without my commentary. Um, and we'll do part two next week when I am in Nashville. Don't forget my shows. Uh, Saturday, February 15th, 405. Matinee.
It'll be so fun. Even if you're new here, the VIP mean greets are sold out, but there's like, there's a, there, yeah, there are general admission tickets left. I kind of forget how many it's like a, probably enough for a midsize bachelorette party. If you want to bring your whole, your whole squad, I would love to see you. It'll be giving you more of my unedited commentary. You know, they say dance like no one's watching. I talk like everyone's listening unless I'm at a live show and then I'll be a little more loose lips. They sink ships all the damn time, according to Taylor Swift. Hendersonville native. <laughs> okay. And we're back. Next email. Uh, when I was in law school, my friend got engaged. She's from Germany and was graduating from grad school, so her visa was going to be up. Her long-term boyfriend proposed and they got married, small justice of the peace wedding, so she could start the green card process. Well, I'm very familiar with that, thanks to any day fiance once again. I like everyone who's dating somebody who's not a U.S. citizen. I'm like, so tell me all about your K-1 process. Like as if people would be impressed with my um, knowledge of, you know, immigration processes, but they're just like, oh, you watch TLC. Cool. Apparently the process is very different IRL. Um, with all this in place, she still wanted a big wedding, including an extravagant shower and bachelorette party. I was asked to be a bridesmaid. As the wedding approached, she made it clear that her bridesmaids had to cover all expenses incurred for the shower and the away bachelorette party. Since I was in law school and up to my eyeballs in student loans, I explained to the bride that while I wanted to help host her parties, I really wasn't in a place for her to pay for her trip and parties. I was prepared to pay something, but not thousands, and I just was, it just wasn't in the cards for me. She explained to me that her maid of honor took out an additional loan to help cover costs, and that was just the expectation. Needless to say, I got the boot from the wedding party when I refused to take out loans. As a wedding gift, I gave $25 and never spoke to her again. Yikes. That, okay, it's like funny, but also it's so shocking that anybody would ever say that. Like, it's, it's insane. Like, remortgage your house to pay for my gender reveal. Um, people are so wild. Like, yeah, bye. I'm good. Good riddance. Like, you're better off without her. But I'd also argue the girl that took out the loan, the maid of honor, like she's a moron. You don't take out loans on a depreciating asset like your self-worth when you decide to take out a loan to be a bridesmaid. Anyhow, uh, my son was asked to be in two weddings as a ring bearer. Yet in both instances, his name was left off the invites. Turns out he was expected to be in the ceremony, but there was a strict no kids reception, including those in the wedding party. And his tux rental was $260 for a kid? Damn. That's a, that's worse than a bridesmaid dress. And it's a rental. The email is riddled with bad investments. <laughs> I had a kid free reception myself, so did I. Uh, but then forfeited having kids in my bridal party. So I get the kid free reception, but felt my child was being used for cute photo ops. Yeah, that's pretty. Those two stories are the same email. Um, that's pretty rude to travel with your child in tow because they want them the cuteness down the aisle. But then. You have to find child care like in a city you don't even live in for the reception. Yeah, that's pretty tacky. I don't like that. Um, I like get it. If I don't know. It's like one thing if it's your nephew, but I think you said it's your friend. Yeah, that's pretty rude. I didn't know kids. Uh, reception, but like if you brought your kid to Italy, like I wasn't going to like, you know, make it sit on the curb. Um, let's see. I Kate, I was recently a bridesmaid one of my closest friends we'll call her katie she had eight bridesmaids including a childhood friend of hers we'll call her sarah from the beginning 
Sarah was known as the difficult, cheap bridesmaid. In all fairness, when Katie asked each of us to be a bridesmaid, she told us that if it was something we couldn't commit to due to time constraints, she would not hold it against us, etc. Oh, this okay. This looks like a story about a bad bridesmaid when the bride's a doll. Uh, Kate, when we went and looked at dresses, Katie was very considerate and found a mid-price range dress that truly looked good on everyone, whether you were tall, thin, short, curvy, etc. Before the appointment, she showed all of us the dress and price, and everyone agreed that it was a great dress and knew we would end up paying. Once we arrived at the shops, Sarah started flipping out in the dress shop, yelling about how they were running a scam. They were overpriced, and they were trying to pull one over on us. Am I Katie? I'm just kidding. <laughs> she tried yelling. She tried telling Katie the bride. Oh, no, the, the, the problematic person, Sarah. Katie's the nice bride. Um, she tried telling Katie that the bride that, that we should leave, find better, cheaper dresses, and even started wandering around on her own trying to find cheaper dresses. The woman from the shop who was handling our group explained that the dress would run around 250 and out of that 250 70 was the cost of being formally fitted and sized. Sarah claimed, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's expensive. Um, Sarah claimed that she had worn several dresses from their designer and would, of course, be deducted from the cost of the dress but that you would not be able to exchange or return your dress if it arrived and it didn't fit you. Pretty standard when it comes to bridesmaids dresses, but Sarah definitely ruined the day and Katie was upset. Um, she, Katie pulled Sarah aside after the dress fittings and again asked her if she was comfortable being a bridesmaid. She wouldn't be upset if she backed out. Their friendship would remain intact, all that. And she still said she wanted to be one. So this is when it backfires because I, I, I urge all brides to be really... Like, just r relax. If somebody doesn't want to be in your wedding, it's fine. Like, there's just people. Life is hard. Like, like there's a lot of seasons people go through in life, financially, family-wise, personally, mental health-wise. Just give people the benefit of the doubt. And if they can't come, they probably have a good reason. And you don't want them there against their will and to, like, spend all their money on you. If they don't have any, like, it's just, you know, be cool. You, you, you've, got, you've got your groom. You've got your family and your other friends. Like, it's fine. But... It backfires when the person is insistent and they, and they suck because I, I might I would tell people they're in no way obligated, but I don't know if I'd kick somebody out of my wedding party. That's like a level of awkward I'm not comfortable with. Um, while planning the bridal shower, Katie's mom reached out to every bridesmaid and asked if we could cheap chip in one hundred dollars toward the venue decorations, et cetera, and that she'd cover the remaining cost. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I love that. Um, I've been in a lot of weddings and I cannot say I've been asked to pay for a shower. Like that's like mom or mother type figure, you know, mom's friends or neighbors or your mother-in-law or your sister or like aunt. I feel like that's family and friend territory for like adults, but maybe that's just me. Um, I'll go to showers. I have a, I have a rule of thumb. I don't think it's unless your BFFs are made of honor. Like some people's bridal shower who I haven't been to their hometown and met their parents. I will fly to hundred percent. And I have done that. One of my best friends flew to mine and I will never forget it and it meant the world to me because it's not like everyone's Jones and to come to short pump. Um, but I generally think it's okay if you have to fly to go to a shower. Like, you know, I think it's cool to not drop a cool $500 to just go, you know, to a, a country club or the back room of a nice brunch restaurant and just try to, you know, get past Mima so she doesn't know you're on your fifth mimosa pour while you eat soggy pinwheels. Uh, I actually I like a bridal shower because I find them funny in an awkward sense. Like, I don't want to be the person opening the gifts, but I love watching people open gifts and act surprised for the gifts that they picked out for themselves on the registry. It's truly a delight. It's like a knife block. Well, I never. But like all the aunts and moms and mom friends are like, oh, my God, that's a darling. Oh, my God. You're a regular. What's that lady's name? G Gianna D D Dorentis. Oh, God, that is so fun. 
Whoa, there would be between 75 and 100 guests attending the shower? Okay, what? <laughs> Is that normal? I mean, it's bigger than my entire wedding. Um, geez, okay. But she was saying since there was that many guests, she thought $100 per bridesmaids was more than reasonable. No wonder Katie's mom needs you to chip in a buck. Uh, she gave us six months in advance about the notice about the cost. And said we could pay her any time. Each of us paid right away. Sarah ignored her emails and texts. Then a month before the shower said she would not be attending due to a trip. And since she was not attending, she would not be chipping in. I mean, yeah, it's like a little uncomfortable. She must have been really hurting for money. I, I don't I don't hate that. I like I can understand that a little bit after because, OK, to be fair, 250 is a lot for a dress. I think you keep it under 200 if you can. But it depends on the location and your socioeconomic status. And honestly, if you're a person that just like if you really do have FU money, like good for you. Honestly, I'm thrilled for you. Um, this will be a lot less stressful for you because so much of like wedding planning and stuff is it's financial. It's just trying to like figure out all the trade offs and best way to like use your budget. But when it comes to bridesmaids, if you have serious money and like 250 is a drop in the bucket for you, just buy it, like pay for their dresses. I think that's really nice. I feel like sometimes. I've witnessed weddings with people that are so wealthy and they still like, I don't know. It's like, no, you shouldn't pay for all your bridesmaid stuff because it's not fair just because you're wealthy. However, when you're ta like the things you're having them do reflect your budget and not theirs, they should at least be subsidized. Because like I've had there's been people that have bought like uh, like four hundred dollar dresses that I know. And because it's not a big deal to the bride, but it's and I think it's like Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian saying milk costs eight dollars. Right. Like, I think at a point you really just maybe don't have an awareness for like what's a lot of money to somebody. And I'm here to tell you, I think that I don't know if this is popular. I think 250 is the max. I think after that, I am I am like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like this better be like a nice dress or this better be something like truly irreplaceable or that I could actually wear again, but that never happens or else like I'm waiting for a coupon code. And if there never is one, I guess I'm out of luck. Maybe. Yeah. Again, maybe I am Sarah. Um, just kidding. I would be a good sport and I would never say anything if it was my clothes friend, but I'm just telling you because it's not personal. Think about the cost of the dresses like you in the other thing with bridesmaids too. Maybe some people like I have my albums. I love my photos. Caitlin James is my wedding photographer for the love of God. Like she's perfect. Uh, but like, I don't have any of the photos like hanging, like besides one of Greg and I. And I guess that depends on the person. And my parents have a lot in their house, but they're not they they aren't like bridal party photos. They're like specific moment photos or scenery or just family. I just like don't ever go into somebody's house and see like really prominent photos of their full bridal party. And that's what this is like all for, right? The dresses are like for the photos kind of. I mean, yeah, they're for the, you know, real time event. But I just think if you're looking for like a single color, a long dress, there's other options and ways you can be creative to make it cheaper. Um, let's see. Okay. And to the person who wrote this email, I don't want you to think I'm not on your side. I just mean that like, uh, I think I only am thrown off because like asking people to pay for the shower, I think is interesting, but I maybe again, I am a monster. Yeah, I, I'm like worried if I post this, you guys are going to think I'm a bad person. Um, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I hope you know. Um, 
For Katie's bachelorette weekend, we all agreed we wanted to surprise the bride and take her away somewhere great. We'll change the destination to Austin. We discussed the trip, and Katie's mom offered to pay for her flight. The rest of the bridesmaids agreed to split the cost of the house, rental, meals, etc. for the weekend. Once we got there, Sarah announced to everyone that her budget for the weekend was $20. <laughs> That's all she was going to contribute for food, alcohol, Uber, etc. We all tried speaking to her and explaining that this weekend was going to cost a lot more than $20, and that if she wasn't willing to contribute more, the rest of us were going to have to cover the cost. She kept saying she was not willing to pay any more than $20 and didn't expect anyone else to cover her costs. It was extremely uncomfortable and she couldn't see how awkward her decision would be for the rest of us. If my... <laughs> oh, God. I was about to tell a similar story situation, but again, this is why it's hard to have a podcast, guys. I just don't know who's listening. Uh, shout out to the girl who wrote the, the muffins email, who I got an email from right after I read out loud the muffins email. And she was like, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, God bless you. Thank you for being a good sport. Um, uh, let's see here. Sorry, I'll stop interrupting myself. Um, we were uh, Ubers in Austin are extremely reasonable. Five dollars from our home to the main downtown area. So we agreed to just take turns ordering Ubers. Sarah, on the other hand, would send out a split fare anytime. It was her turn to pay for the Uber, despite the fact that no one else ever sent out a Venmo request for Uber. At dinner, she ordered the most expensive entrees and multiple rounds of drinks. OK, here's where Sarah sucks. You know, I was worried that something was going on, um, but that's that's different. Yeah, no. Uh, the, the freaking or don't like I, I get like get a group meal. I get so anxious when people are like ordering cocktails and like apps. God forbid somebody orders a seafood tower. It's just like, oh, God, I'm incurring this fee no matter how cheap I try to be. And then like I just it's just uncomfortable. But again, when I had more disposable income, I was so annoyed with people. I'm just like, just split the check. It's an, it's nominal. But it's, it's you know, that's all relative. Right. I just think we need to be sensitive to each other's financial situations. At one point, Sarah <laughs> kept making it a point to complain that we weren't including Katie in the meal split. Katie's the bride. We had a group of nine of us, so we'd split the meals by eight. And Sarah kept saying, no, split nine ways. <laughs> then on the third, that's, that's so uncomfortable. Then on the third day of the trip, after we surprised the bride with the prepaid booze tour, Sarah pulled Katie aside and told her that since we had planned the weekend, Katie really should pay for the tip of the tour guide herself. Oh, God, that's so and it sounds like Katie's sensitive. That would have like really gotten in my head. And I, and if it, if it was Katie's sister-in-law, this would read so different too. Like, who is Sarah? Is she just random? Is she childhood? Did you say that earlier? Everyone's got a rogue childhood friend. Oftentimes I am the rogue childhood friend. None of us knew until we saw Katie wander off to the ATM when we asked when she was, why she was withdrawing such a large amount of cash. And she told her us what Sarah had done. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think it would be cool. Like, I think it's fine for brides to offer to do stuff. But to be told is just it's kind of tacky and weird. And also she didn't plan the it was a surprise like tour. Right. So to incur that cost is kind of interesting. Um, after the weekend, Katie contacted Sarah and told her that things weren't working out, that Sarah was causing a lot of drama within the bridesmaid group. And perhaps she shouldn't be a bridesmaid after all. Katie even offered to pay for the unworn bride bridesmaid dress. She, Sarah responded by posting photos of the bridesmaid dress online and stating that she was selling it. We haven't heard from her since. She did not attend the wedding, deleted everyone on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, and has blocked everyone's phone numbers. Whoa. Was she real? Is this like a weird like movie where like you go to her house looking for her and the people that live there are like, Sarah, well, she lived here in the 
1930s as a, as a young woman, but died in the Great Depression. She died 80 years ago. And you're like, oh, yeah, she, she kept using the word shillings. And I don't know, she did bring up Herbert Hoover, a disproportionate amount for the modern age. It would make a lot of sense. But really, I don't. So, OK, I think a couple things she did were kind of were mild, like, you know, not paying for the shower or whatever. Uh, you know, literally screaming about running a scam in the bridesmaid shop is a bit much for um, Jenny Yu or wherever you are. Uh, that is crazy behavior. And the $20 for the weekend is, uh, yeah, it's super unrealistic. It's rude to order that much stuff and to say in front of the bride that she needs to split with the rest of the group and then tip. You know, it's like, it's nothing that crazy. I actually, like, I think... And like, you know, I joke about like her disappearing or being a ghost. But like, honestly, I just think that is not proportionate to like blocking everyone's phone number and vanishing off the Internet. Right. It's just kind of like an extreme reaction. But I guess she's an extreme person. This one's about the ridiculousness of this wedding. This girl is in to say it was over the top would be an understatement. And I honestly can't remember a lot of it. But I do remember the fact that all of the bridal attendants. Yes, we were not the bridesmaids. Who had to have the custom-made hideous dresses rather we were a step down from that level and had to purchase a second dress of the exact same color and style on a specific day so we would be guaranteed that the dresses all came from the same dye lot honestly dye lots like yeah not to be sarah but like that is that's kind of a big scam right like how can how how is every other industry in the world producing clothes of the exact same color but like the bridesmaids dress people can't figure it out like pretty sure that's not a thing it's I think it's just a sales tactic and that upsets me. Um, oh, and it's a champagne colored dress. I mean, I don't know, guys. It's not like that pigmented. The custom dresses that were supposedly so luxurious made everyone break out in hives across their back and chest. The dress was backless, too, so it looked awful. There was a handkerchief attendant who handed out custom monogrammed hankies to all the ladies as they entered the church. If anybody would be so overcome with emotions, they needed a custom hanky. One, nice touch. I usually forget to bring tissues. Two, tough job. You know, now that, so there's bridesmaids, then you're like the bridesmaids attendant, you know, so again, second string, fine. Glad she gave people jobs. Then it's like mm, speakers, right? And like ushers, like kind of the overflow. And like, is it then the hanky attendant? You know, is that like a profession? I'm picturing Vincenzo from It Takes Two. You like hire him and he's like a handkerchief, handkerchief, chief, chief professional. Um, there are multiple levels of kids too: flower girls, page boys, banner carriers. Yes, they had huge banners with their custom monogram, ring boy, etc. Um, <laughs> I'm like, were you at Meghan Markle's wedding? Like. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if she was like, my friend, uh, K Katie and uh, w Willie, uh, you know, they had a pretty big wedding in the UK. Uh, and uh, get this sister had the nerve to have a hot body, put on a white cow neck dress and crush a half updo, some baby's breath, which we know that's an oxymoron. And uh, stole the show because her butt looks so good, so good in front of the. International news media. I mean, the videographers. <laughs> um, I'm saying I'm a lot. Sorry. Uh, OK, the cake was seven layers and completely fake with the table. It stood about 10 feet tall. Damn. 
I feel like I've heard a best man speech or something where it's like the uh what is it? Like, oh gosh, it's been a it's been a it's been a tough day. Even the cake is in tears. <laughs> um there is a cigar rolling station outside. We live in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, well, I guess that factors out the Duke and Dutch of Cambridge. Um and it was early spring. It was freezing that day. The mother of the groom was forbidden from disclosing any disclosing anything about the flower girl's outfits to her own family members. And when it was discovered that she told the groom's cousin what the flower girl's dress looked like, she received a scathing text from the bride telling her to cease and desist with sharing details. That's a good way to start off on a good foot with your mother-in-law. Pick your battles, ladies. Um, who cares about the flower girl's dresses? Uh, that was a rumor between Megan and Kate that Megan made like Kate cry over Charlotte's dress. Like, spoiler alert, they all look the exact same. They have like a sash and they're white and they have like some tool underneath them. What, you're not going to adorn a four-year-old in couture. Uh, our college dive bar was across the street, 50 feet away from the reception venue, but we were forbidden from going there despite there being six hours in between the ceremony and reception. Our schedule was meticulously choreographed so that no one was allowed to have fun or, or drink too much. No one was allowed to have fun. Um, we all had to ride in a bus together between events to every stop. There were five to seven showers <laughs> and pre-parties before the actual wedding. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're mad. She said, I had to miss a T-Swift concert. I am still upset about this, that I had tickets for to a couple shower that was outside at night in October. Again, Nebraska effing freezing. Um, oh, you had to miss it. The concert for a shower. Okay. A wedding I get, but that is a little, a little annoying. Uh, these people had turned their backyard into a haunted forest. <laughs> the party, but no one was told the party was outside so most people showed up in cocktail attire without coats only to discover we weren't allowed inside the home no one had appropriate footwear or clothing <laughs> this is like a haunted hayride okay you, you it's typically enchanted forest haunted house right like haunted hayride haunted this or that haunted forest is um i feel like that's just like doesn't track with the 10 foot cake and the cigar rolling and the, the page boys and the banners right i don't know at the same haunted shower, I bet that kind of stung too, because like Taylor Swift has a song called Haunted, and I hope you've recovered from this difficult time. Uh, there was a speaker who we all assumed was a close family matriarch type who did a certain speech at family weddings. And I thought I just didn't get it because I wasn't a family member. But we found out later they hired this woman to speak and she literally didn't even know them. What? I've heard there's like a company where you hire a bridesmaid, but it's kind of just like hiring somebody to work for you. So your bridesmaids don't have to. Sorry, that was a straw. Uh, this episode is 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 going to be interesting. I don't have time to listen to it back. So I'm just keeping in all of these extra sights and sounds. Hope you don't mind. I postmated Wendy's and it's a large sweet tea. It helps me get through the podcast. The five to seven showers is shocking. Haunted forest is shocking, but nothing is as shocking as Hiring somebody to say a personalized speech about you that doesn't know you at the shower. Like, speaking of haunted, yikes. I mean, that is dark. I feel like, okay, it's, I guess it's dark if you don't have anyone to do it. But if you're like so insane that you don't trust anybody you know to do it for you and hire somebody, that's like kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of a bummer. 
It's so funny. Okay. The bride dressed up in her full wedding dress, hair and makeup and had a pre photo session. So at the back of the cathedral on the wedding day, there were massive canvases of the bride in her wedding gown. That's awesome. Is that customary? I feel like. Oh, you know what? Actually, that sounds so silly for the ceremony, but I do feel like I've walked into receptions where there is a giant portrait of the bride. That's interesting. Is that normal? I don't know, guys. That actually might be normal. Um, again, normal is, you know, subjective in and of itself. Rather than walk down the aisle arm in arm with her father, the bride made her father place his hand under hers as if she were a GD queen. <laughs> she attached a pic of QE2. Um, yeah, I know. So, yeah, you know, I have like your hands like curled on top, like, pleased to meet you, like old timey. It's kind of like that. It, it does look a little silly. There were not assigned seats for the bridal attendants. So after we awkwardly walked down the aisle before the bridesmaids, we had nowhere to go and had to basically squeeze in with strangers just so we would be out of the aisle quickly. OK, I will stop there. I wish I remembered more. Um, this is so funny. I would love to attend this wedding. However, I wouldn't love to be a part of it. I also forgot when you missed the T-Swift concert for one of the five to seven showers and pre-parties that you're a bridesmaid's attendant and not a bridesmaid. And this is where, guys, I ask I ask all of us, you know, why? What, like, why are we agreeing to these things? You know, I feel like. It, it's this is where it's tough. A high maintenance bride, you know, you can skewer. But if that's who she is and everybody agreed to be in the wedding that, you know, there's something to that, too. Like. So, you know, if you don't push back, I, I, it's like, do, do these brides know how much people resent these things? Like, this is what I didn't want for my life. Um, and why I didn't let anybody play my bachelorette, but mostly because I was scared we play games. And I love games, like love. I've gotten back into phone games lately, like educational ones, because I'm trying to get off of TikTok. But I like, you know, I, I'm not a per I'm not weird about screens. Like I'm cool on a screen, but I do like to learn or play a mindless game when I'm anxious. Uh, I was part of Candy Crush Nation for sure. I also am a huge player of GeoGuessr, which I know a lot of you are too, because I talked about that on the podcast. Anyway, another day we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm sure you're, uh, you'll be at the edge of your seat. Uh, hi, Kate. I'm a six-time bridesmaid. I don't really have any horror stories. My friends have been more bride chillers than bridezillas. I agree with that for my friends. Um, some of the longer ones, I'm just going to select specific stories. My scan, my scan, my scan. Several years ago, my cousin married a professional athlete in the Southeast Asian country where our moms are from. In this country, weddings are a big deal. And we also have a huge extended family. Throw in this moderate celebrity status and you have it once in a, a once in a lifetime experience. I was one of nine bridesmaids. There were also two junior bridesmaids and three flower girls. We were known as the bride's entourage, like it was literally printed on the wedding program. <laughs> the bride wanted us to dress in orange and in Grecian style. So we had to look for pictures of example dresses we liked and send them to her dressmakers with our measurements. That's kind of fun. Not orange, but maybe that's customary. Um, I'm from Australia, so flew there for four days prior to the wedding. Also happened to be Christmas Eve Eve and thankfully the dress fit. I met my groomsman partner for the first time at the top of the aisle in the church. I didn't know him at the time, but he's pretty a pretty famous TV personality there. Okay, I just Googled him and he has 6 million Instagram followers, but whatever, we're breezy. Among the 500 guests were other sports stars, pop singers, and actors, but being foreign, I barely recognized anyone. I think, I think, um, for lack of a better word, municipal celebrities are really interesting. Like, I think it's, I think it's like uh, Caroline Fleming being like the most famous woman in uh, Denmark. 
you know, like it's, it would be kind of nice to be famous when you wanted to be famous, but then like go to a different country when you wanted your normal life back. I'm picturing like somebody coming to the U S and not understanding that they were walking down the aisle with like Michael Strahan, you know, like a sports guy turned TV personality. That's like a big deal. That is so fun. Uh, the reception was kind of Hollywood themed and highlights of it were later televised during games on ESPN. When you entered the marquee, there was this media wall with photographers taking souvenir pictures of all the guests, like a photo booth on steroids. It was a Mr. Toad's wild ride of proportions, but thanks to the couple for having that FU grand wedding money. This is probably one of the least stressful weddings I've ever been a part of because I didn't have to do anything. They paid other people to do it for them. I mean, isn't that life? A, that sounds so fun. And I love that. Um, B, I think that things can be easy or they can be expensive. You can be, you can ha- get you can put on a really nice event, like pretty DIY if you're like scrappy, but it's going to be time consuming and hard. You can pay people to do it. and It's going to be great also, but it's just going to be a lot easier. And I just think the reality is you got to like balance a bit. You know, it's kind of like in business. I like I always tell people, especially with Etsy shops, you have to pick two. It can be fast. It can be cheap or it can be high quality. Can't be all three. Never just doesn't work economically. Same email, different story. The wedding was supposed to be outdoors on a small property 45 minutes out of town. Winter in a place with a subtropical climate is typically quite mild and sunny. However, an unusual significant rain event was in the forecast and there was no wet weather plan. Oh, gosh, that would be if I could give anybody advice. It's it's have a backup plan. It's just the stress of I thought I've always thought it was so stupid when brides are weather stressed. Cause I'm like, what are you going to do? Like there, like, but that's not how stress and anxiety work. It's not, it's not cured with rationale. Uh, it doesn't make it any less real. And I drug all these people to Italy and it was pouring. We had like a boat on Friday night. It was pouring. And I was just like, I can't believe I brought all these people here and you can't even see the view, <laughs> but it was beautiful on Saturday, which though, you know, what really matters. Um, but I know not everybody has that luck. I actually like rain, but yeah, if the entire point is like the ambiance, like I really kind of risked that big time. It was very stressful. Um, by now, I just vowed to be available and do whatever it took to keep the brides relaxed and happy. We sat around making DIY macrame dream catchers and hot gluing wooden table numbers, praying that the rain wouldn't come. No such luck. Guys, the early 2010s were tough for everybody. The Pinterest happy brides. Uh, the day before the wedding, the brides had to fork out an additional $2,000 for a marquee to house the 180 guests. Okay. Am I an idiot? Is that a, why don't I like understand what a marquee is? Oh, North American is, is the canopy projecting over the entrance. So like, yeah, when I hear marquee, I think like, be there in five live at Zany's Nashville, like on the outside. But it says British, a large tent used for social or commercial functions. Got it. Guys, I learned something new. You guys probably already knew that. This person's in Australia, so perhaps it applies there too. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so I, I've read that several times and I'm like, like the bride wants her wedding announced on like an outdoor sign, like a church or a high school. Like, okie doke. Anyway, uh, Though they made DIY macrame dream catchers and hot glued wooden table numbers. You got sweet. Uh, da, 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 and had to pay two grand for a marquee. 
We spent that night foraging in the soggy woods for the perfect rustic greenery for the tables and hanging festoon lighting in the tent. The morning of it was still pouring, and after holding off for as long as we could and some more tears, the ceremony was relocated to a rec hall nearby. Later, we maids ended up wearing rubber rain boots instead of the matching nude sandals we'd all bought. It turned out to be an awesome day and night well worth the hangover. Oh my God, I feel so bad for the brides. Um, this is two of her best girlfriends that married each other. And like, that sucks. You, you, I mean, you should have a weather plan, but like, I know it's not always realistic. I, you know, a rec hall is, a, a rec hall is tough. A rec hall reminds me of like camp or like a Girl Scout retreats, you know, like, yeah, you can get married in a rec hall, but you could also like sit on a sit upon and, you know, bring your mess kit and, you know, eat a sloppy Joe a la Amanda Lemon, which is my second it takes to reference in one podcast. <laughs> also, the dream catchers just make me laugh so hard for some reason, like because that's not easy. It's one thing to glue stuff, you know, but it's a whole other thing to be like, you know, learning to like crochet something. And also, I mean, you know, based on the outcome, it's more like a dream picture, sadly. And foraging into the soggy woods made me laugh. You know, guys, I just love that we rebranded the woods in the 2010s. You know, it, it was all about the enchanted forest wedding. It was like the, the farm culture or like just the woods, like like literal no man's land. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that has perhaps turned around since the inception of Stranger Things, because I know I'm not as keen on a large oak tree myself uh she also had a funny story about people screaming at the a maid of honor screaming at the hairstylist in her face because of a low chignon that we were that wasn't working out the way we had envisioned um you can't yeah demanding a hairstyle okay i'm just gonna say this once and for all i think this is just my opinion Anything that anything. okay, bridesmaids pay for your dress and travel, lodging, whatever. Like that's normal. Anything on top of that that you mandate you need to pay for or it needs to be optional. You cannot mandate hair and makeup and make them pay for it. You cannot mandate jewelry and make them pay for it. And I almost agree. I'd like to say shoes are a gray area. Because there's one story I read there, the girl like required some sort of like high end shoe label. And it's like, why does it matter with the manufacturers if it, like looks similar? I think that's a way just to not piss people off if you care, even if other people have made it that, you know, you do it. Honestly, like your friends are they'll, they'll, they'll turn up, they'll look pretty. Like just like things that, you know, are extra be optional. And I think people are a lot happier. I would be like offended if somebody made me get my makeup done. If it was paid for, cool. Might still opt out. Do, you know, we talked about in October. I did a mini deep dive on my issues with shitty bridesmaid makeup in a weird cream, white and uh, gray smoky eye with a strip lash that I just can't quite get behind. But, you know, some places have talented people. It's just when you have an assembly line of bridesmaids, they're bringing in like second and third assistants that like I don't really know how long they've been doing makeup. It's like the freaking sausage curls I get at dry bar. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't even care if you went to training for one hour. I feel like the takeaway really of anything else should be like, you know, finger comb the curls, tassel. We, we, we don't we don't leave the, the curls in their casing. Uh, OK, I was invited to a close friend's bachelorette party about a year after we graduated from college. 13 people total, and most of us did not know each other. Several of them were not drinkers, but all of our activities revolved around going out and drinking. 
We were told beforehand that on Friday night, we had to wear matching tanks that were made for us with black leggings or very dark wash skinny jeans and silver jewelry. Saturday night, Saturday night was black dresses only with gold jewelry. Is it breath night? Also, wh- why silver and why gold? Like, why can't you mix metals? How much jewelry are you wearing? I mean, I guess to be fair for Fridays, Germans are meant to be stacked. This girl's random friend of a friend who happened to get invited on the trip insisted to be called Captain Katie, ran the show and told everyone what to do and where. Uh, I'm trying. Sorry, I'm like running out of time. I need to skim these. So they went out to dinner and a group of guys bought them a round of shots. Non-drinkers didn't want them, so the bride takes those and hers. We have a party bus scheduled for the night to take us downtown to a few bars. We are at the first bar for less than an hour when the bride is passed out in the bathroom. She has to be carried down a flight of stairs and one of the girls calls an ambulance to take her to the hospital. Meanwhile, yelling at everyone else not to ever mention this to anyone because it is not our business. It is the bride's business. See, the bride, not your not your friend. It's just like people always uh when you're a bride all bets are off so one night in and the bride is already in the hospital and makes it home around 5 a.m after receiving four bags of fluids uh okay and then there's another paragraph but i think it's about how they went out again the next night even though they thought they would chill okay that well uh, the lol the dress code but like that i I just get scared guys you don't have to ever accept a drink somebody buys for you just because they bought it. You owe them nothing. You don't even owe them conversation if you did not solicit it, especially. And don't let Shots Guy get the best of you. I know Shots Guy peer pressures you and is like, oh, come on, come on, come on. But that's only because he wants other people to indulge in his bad behavior so he feels less weird about it. There's an episode I did around St. Patrick's Day of 2018 where I talk about Shots Guy at length and also the perils of Irish car bombs and Chicago St. Patrick's Days. Uh, given that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seldom on a Saturday at 8 a.m. Am I jacked up to go binge drink a fluid that is known to curdle, you know? This year, though, St. Patrick's Day is a Tuesday, but it's my Richmond and Virginia short pump specifically next to the CPK I opened. And by the Arby's, you know, it's really by all my hotspots. Casa Grande. Uh, I didn't initially want to do it in the burbs, but I think it'll be funny. St. Patrick's Day. So I figured if people wanted to go out, they at least had somewhere to go. It's but you don't have to go downtown and like, you know, also, is that a politically correct drink name? Irish car bomb. I don't know if I love that. Actually, our next sponsor and and last who I wanted to thank uh, is it's quite appropriate because I'm really just encouraging brides, bridesmaids, Irish car bomb drinkers of the world to take care of themselves. And I, the Segway queen and to be there in five podcasts worked with this company uh last year care of and we love them they're a wellness company that makes it easier to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best and supports you long term and i've uh mentioned before I, this is kind of superficial but i love their packets because i can travel with them i don't like having to like parse out pills before i travel and then i end up like wasting a bunch they're cute and they're small and they have packets and they say like your name on them. And um, mine say Beth because people call me Beth Aaron five, my alter ego. And uh, I genuinely use them. And I'm really, really very bad at keeping up with these things. I struggle in any health and wellness area. It, it, it's think some of us, if you're not naturally interested in it, it's hard to be regimented because you don't even know what to take, what does what, what interacts with what, you know, you go to a store and it's just like everything's a letter 
like something I can't, I, I'm, I'm just like, what, what do I do? What, where do I start? And I, when I tried care of before they became my sponsor, I really loved it because of their online quiz. You guys know, I love an online quiz. Uh, they ask you questions about your diet, your health goals, lifestyle, and they recommend a list of vitamins and supplements specifically for your health needs and goals. So you're not kind of doing what I did at the vitamin aisle and um, just buying stuff that's like hair, skin and nails, which I love those. But, you know, there's also, you know, heart health. I don't know. Important things. Uh, and they also ask, like, how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow any specific diets? Are you concerned about your hair, skin and nail health? All of that good stuff. And um, the care of expert recommendations can adjust your pack anytime. And you can modify it if you want. I'm obsessed with this thing they have called extra batteries and it's like a pixie stick is I, I don't do well i don't know sometimes i'll forget to do things if i have to like mix them in water god forbid i'd be bothered by stirring and it's is a pixie stick like uh kind of energy supplement that you just pour right in your mouth and you're good to go and it's delicious aside from my astute anecdotes <laughs> it's important to clarify like they, they really are focused on the quality the science the research that goes into their products they're incredibly high quality their recommendations are done by experts and um i think it's just an awesome product for uh, an industry that is inherently quite confusing so if you want to get 50 percent off your first care of order that's great 50 percent off your first care of order go to takecareof.com takecareof.com and enter code be there in 550 five is spelled like the the word 50 is the number so be there in five as the show is spelled and then five zero that makes sense. F-I-V-E, then five zero. <laughs> I know that's confusing. Um, so again, 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com and enter be there in 550 in the promo code at checkout. And be sure to think of a really cool alias to use on your vitamin packs. It's really quite exciting. <laughs> Thanks to Care Of for sponsoring this episode. Although we were never super close, a lifelong friend asked me to be a bridesmaid in her wedding. It was my first time being a bridesmaid, and she was one of my first friends I knew getting married. I was excited. We were 21. I'm from the South. Nothing noteworthy happened until right before the bridal party was about to enter the reception. As we were lining up to do the big bridal party entrance, cue Party Rock by LMFAO. Oh my God, I have so many thoughts about entrances. Uh, the bride casually pulls me aside and says, hey, can you give the speech? <laughs> Kathy, not her real name, the maid of honor, just decided she's not coming to the reception. I'm sure I looked like a deer in headlights. I barely knew the groom. Why would I even, what would I even say about him? But you can't tell a bride at this point. Well, I guess Kathy did. About 10 minutes later, Mike in hand. I'm fumbling through my attempt at a speech about a couple that I really only knew one half of. All I remember is saying, it's clear how happy you make her and we all love you too and wish you the best. Cheers. Sadly, the marriage did not last. But for those wondering, the bride and Kathy remain best friends to this day. Why did Kathy bail on the reception? Did she think it was optional? It's it's not like a banquet following a, a sports award ceremony. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, good for you. You did a good job. There are worse things you could have said, like that speech that starts with years to honor that I will not finish. It is a disgrace to the English language. Speaking of disgraceful, <laughs> new email. I lived in Houston for about five years after college, and we had a close group of friends that were like family. One of the couples got engaged and asked me and another friend in the group to be the program passer outers at her wedding in Atlanta. Great. I was excited. Well, my boyfriend of a year plus uh, was coming home from war 13 months in Afghanistan. Mind you, this was 2008. So shit was real. 
this flight kept changing because these things are not commercial. You wait around for hours and days and they shove you on a military plane so you get home when you get home. Anyway, it looked like he was on his way to come home a day or two before her wedding. So I told her what was going on and I might not be able to make it. She flipped. Why couldn't I greet him off the plane then drive seven hours to Atlanta to the wedding? And if I didn't promise to be at the wedding as a program passer, I was out of the wedding and disinvited altogether. Eventually, our friends talked to her and she said I was welcome as a guest. Oh, okay, girl, no thanks. I was in Tennessee when my now husband got home from a deployment of 13 months and I've never regretted making that decision. Oh my God. Yeah, a program passer. Like, you're not even a, you're not even a speaker. Honestly, it's it's. Like hire the handkerchief guy. I don't know. It's like that's so that's not an important role. It's such a replaceable role. And that's so incredibly rude considering your husband was deployed. Well, now husband. I understand it was your boyfriend at the time, but still, regardless of how long you've been dating or the intensity of your relationship, uh, he deserved to be met when he got off that plane. And I am so happy you made the right choice. And I'm happy you're married now and thank him for his service. And I think this is an important lesson in uh the temporary nature of some friendships. If there's an if there's a situation with such intensity happening that seems illogical to you and makes you question kind of the, their character, you probably aren't going to be friends very long. So don't make decisions that benefit them that could hurt you long term or hurt financially. You know, we got to look out for ourselves sometimes, guys. Like that's so incredibly rude. Program passer outer. Is that an official name? Did you like? Here's the irony. I don't think the program passer outer makes the program. That's that's tough stuff. Uh, new email. One of my college besties was in the was the first in our group to get married. As the youngest of three girls, I watched my sisters be a part of and plan many bachelorette parties and weddings. So I had a pretty good idea of what it looks like. We all just graduated college. We were clearly broke, but the kind of broke where we are drinking shittier vodka than we were in college. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because like college, you know, you have like a meal plan so you can spend your money on booze. A lot of colleges do at least. We had like a university subsidized meal plan. Um, you know, I think I might have, I don't know, I might have gotten my mitts on some Smirnoff in college and downgraded to Burnett's afterward. The aristocrat, too. <sighs> Sorry for that mouth noise. But I really hate vodka. Uh, her maid of honor was her childhood bestie who grew up much wealthier than us. Nothing against that, but it wasn't how any of us had grown up. We knew the bride wanted a lake trip for her bachelorette party. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a lake in the Midwest, but it's not a cute cabin getaway while chilling on a beach and drinking classy drinks. It means getting hammered on a boat and ending up at a bar with a pool that is 10 minutes or 10 feet from the lake. We were all thinking, great, we love a not so classy weekend boat getaway. OK, I'm not I'm from the East Coast. I'm a beach person. I'm still getting used to lakes. Um, I went once and I was like, what? <laughs> I was shocked. We all like docked our boats and tied them to one another. And people just like boat hopped. You just like hopped from boat to boat as if like it wasn't weird. It wasn't breaking and entering. I was like sitting on my boat and like these bros were just like a lot, a lot of tribal tattoos. A lot of like uh, Hoosiers, you know, like a lot of bros that would just like hop on the boat. And I would be like taking a small cat nap with my cover up over my eyes. I'll go cover up for you if I'm laying down. Uh, And I'd hear bros be like, hey, what's up? I'm Tyler. I'm from central Indiana. And I was like, cool. I didn't ask. They're like, want a bud heavy? And I'm like, no, go away. Why are you here? Like, should I call the cops? But apparently it's communal. And they all, the worst part is everybody's blackout drunk. Everyone goes boat to boat to boat. I didn't know where to put my belongings to secure them. And meanwhile, I'm staring in the water 
we're like surrounding this inlet and there's like a small body of water where everyone's swimming. And I'm just like, do you know how much pee is in there? These dudes are crushing butt heavies. These boats do not have bathrooms. I was, ugh. anyways, no, no offense. Okay. That said, it was fun. I just mean, when I first got there, I was like, what's happening? I just couldn't believe it. Everyone's allowed anywhere. It just it was like, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just not friendly, but it did turn out to be fun. And I can totally see how with a bunch of girlfriends, that would be like a fun, casual getaway. So the maid of honor planned it all and didn't ask anybody. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, then we got the text from the maid of honor first asked for our shirt size. Talked about that earlier. Always tough. Like, OK, matching shirts with over who sayings. Not my style, but oh, well. Uh, the catch, though, is when we wore it, we had to we had to tie it in a knot on the side with our shorts. It's a little 90s, but could be cute. Uh, like, OK, OK, cool. I can bite my tongue. Then that we needed a black romper, not dress or romper option. We had to be it had to be a romper. OK, a bit weird. I can deal. But then she asked for our swimsuit size because we had to wear matching swimsuits that are not only bought from a very sketchy online store, but that were a freaking thong in the back. Like I'm talking free red swimsuit that broke Instagram levels of butt hanging out. Should I know what that means? Then she gives us the total for the entire weekend. I think we almost shit ourselves. You should have done it in that like um, inlet because everyone else does. And not only were we being forced to look like Barbie robots all weekend and paying for outfits we didn't want to wear, but we were freaking paying stupid amounts to sleep on a floor of a tiny house for a party bus and a party boat. It took us from bar to bar for many hours, but the plan was to stay at the third bar and get cabs home. And then for all the food and alcohol we had to bring. I had to make payments for a freaking bachelorette party and that didn't include the money I was going to have to spend on the expensive dinner we were going to and then all the money for the bars. Oh, and to throw an added layer, me and the three other girls who were her college besties weren't even in the wedding party. She just had her hometown friends in it. Safe to say we agree we would never do that to each other. It ended up being a great weekend. <laughs> this is why I laugh, guys. We, this is what I mean. This is why this is like half snarky and half like I had a great time. <laughs> you know, I mean, not everybody, but I would truly assume somebody was kidding if they asked for us to wear thong bathing suits. Like, you know, body positivity, be free, be you. But like, also, it's not Brazil. It's like Lake Erie. Like you're near Sandusky, Ohio. Like you're it's probably a Great Wolf Lodge nearby. Like, it's just not really like <laughs> what you'd expect to see. but. Uh, I hope they said bride tribe or like brides babes. Just for a little icing on the cake. This is a new email. I bring this up in order to communicate that I've been through quite a few nups. <laughs> well, clearly, if you if you abbreviate nuptials, um, that's it's always so funny. It's spelled nuptials, but I always say nuptials. Uh, this isn't my first rodeo, but let me tell you the first well, the worst wedding I've been a part of. First, I was the second to last bridesmaid. And frankly, at this point in my life, if I'm number one or two out the gate for the processional, then what are we even doing here? Oh, right. Like, so you're on the end, especially if there's more than five bridesmaids. Just invite me to your wedding. I'll be more than happy to show up. You don't have to prove me that I'm your number seven in your marriage, MySpace top eight. Um, OK, <sighs> I'm trying not to talk to him. OK, uh, question. I thought it was height based. Is it importance based? Because uh, I'm about to like tailspin and like relook at all of a bunch of photos and I have things to do. But like this is more pressing. I thought I was always on the end because it was height based. I kind of agree with you. If I knew that I was like bottom of the barrel, like for the love of God, let me be a guest. Where would I want and enjoy time with like my significant other or my friends? You know? <sighs> yeah, I, it's like 
I think the thing for me is like, if you're ever wanting to ask, so I'm not offended, please don't like, I'm not offended. I think, I think it's particularly fun when you're like younger, like right out of college and in your twenties and stuff. But as you get into your thirties, like, or if you have kids, like, I just think it's hard for people to get into these things and like, don't worry about their feelings. They're fine. Um, anyways, you're sorry. I'm really thrown off by that comment. Usually it's like cell phone bars and height, right? Crap. I am loyal. Yeah. Uh, okay. The what? Second, the wedding dresses. Oh, crap. I'm going to try to go fast. I'll skim. Uh, second, the wedding dresses were sparkly nude. The exact instructions were buy a dress that's the color of your skin tone and sparkly. The Lord did not intend for me to walk around in a dress that's the color of my natural skin. It's clothing that was invented. He intended even less for that dress to be shiny. That's yeah, it's very Britney Spears toxic bodysuit or Taylor Swift in Out of the Woods 1989 World Tour bodysuit. We were provided a list of dresses and had been pre-approved that were cost considerate that ranged in price from 250 to 500 dollars cost considerate lol that's really funny um mind you at the time we are all exactly one year out of college we were pissed off i was struggling to afford rent i found one on ebay for 180 uh on the day of the bride and groom hosted a wedding party luncheon something i've literally never experienced before or since where the whole wedding party got together and ate lunch Salads and lettuce wraps were provided and everyone with the bride and, but the bride and groom ate lunch because they were so excited. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, you got to remember to eat. Um, also, lettuce wraps are so 2000s. I like used to go to P.F. Chang's, you know, sit on the patio at the mall with like huge ass sunglasses and uh, get lettuce wraps and pretend I was Elsie. The wedding was beautiful. Lots of fun. Da, da, da. At the end of the evening, the bride brings me her car keys and says, I need you and one of the groomsmen to load up all the presents in our cars and drive them to our house. You can stay there tonight and then go to the airport in the morning. I also like, weren't you drinking? Uh, I mean, fine, if not, but like, that's kind of something I would want to know in advance. I think I don't really want to drive all your presents across the city, but OK. So me and a grooms, groomsman, let's call him Tyler. Ooh, Tyler from Indiana. Does he like butt heavies? Uh, <laughs> she said, so me and a groomsman, let's call him Tyler because that was his name. Load up the presents and drive them to the bride and groom's house. Uh, once I'm inside, the groomsman announces he's staying there that evening so I can go ahead and hey, head out. I say, no, I'm staying here tonight. You can go ahead and head out. Uh, Tyler, what a jerk. Come on your boat, but kick you out of his house. Then Tyler starts sweating, pulling at his collar, looking pale and says, I'm not feeling that great. He then proceeds to run to the bathroom and vomits violently. I think to myself, wow, this guy needs to hold his liquor. And also, did he just drive drunk? What a monster. Then 15 to 20 minutes later, I feel a wave of nausea hit. I run to the bathroom and tell him he has to leave. I have to throw up right the heck now. So he, being a gentleman, still in his tux, starts throwing up in the bathtub. I am on my knees, still in that sequined skin tone ball gown, just becoming increasingly ill. I'm also wearing two layers of Spanx. I ask him to unzip me, which he does, and attempt to wiggle out of industrial strength spandex, which I cannot do by myself because I am too weak. So he has to help me out of the <laughs> both layers of Spanx. And like this guy sounds like a dick, too. It's not like you want to have a it's all romantic. Not that it would be, you know what I mean? But it'd be like a meat cute. Um, then Tyler starts sweating. Oh, sorry. Um, I had met that man that day at the luncheon. Humiliated, I then kick him out of the bathroom because I'm embarrassed that he saw me in not one, but two pairs of Spanx. And he goes to do the right proper thing of being sick in the front yard. That night, we both end up sleeping in the couple's bed because it has easy access to the bathroom and we trade up throwing up all night. 
The next morning, he drove me to the airport so that we could get on our respective flights to the east and west coast. And who we run into but the happy bride and groom. They're on their way to Cabo or St. Something to look as and just looking happy as ever. The bride, <laughs> the bride pulls me aside and says, you look like you didn't get any sleep. Did you hook up with Tyler, you crazy slut? And I explained that we were, in fact, not hooking up, but rather throwing up all over their house. She looks at me knowingly and says, yeah, we've heard the same thing from the rest of the wedding party. Turns out the lettuce wraps had E. coli. Oops. Oh, my God. The entire wedding party. And really, what can you do but laugh so you don't cry at that point? That's the story of how I spent Valentine's Day vomiting in a ball gown with a strange man. I didn't know who got me out of my Spanx, <laughs> but probably not in the way either of us wanted. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, I, t I would take my Spanx off and put them under the sink. You know, don't wait till the final minute. Um. New email. When I was 20, I think this will be the last one. Uh, when I was 20 in college, a friend from home got engaged and asked me to be a bridesmaid. We're all 20 to 22. She was always high maintenance. And because it was 2010, she wanted her wedding to be red and diamond themed. What? Is that 2010? Alice in Wonderland? Maybe Alex McCord's Brooklyn home? That's <laughs> interesting. Four of the five of us were brunette. And the one girl who wasn't was asked to dye her hair. Or I was asked to dye mine back to blonde to even things out. She also demanded that if you got this similar dress, which was identical to hers, but in red, it was an $800 price tag. Did I mention I was in 20? I was 20 and in college. Oh, my God. $800? That is like eight dresses from Arden B. At that age. Um, also, what if you dyed your hair back to blonde and she dyed hers brunette and you had like a hair color stalemate? What a nightmare. She really should have been more clear in that communication. Um, I just had my mom agree to help me afford to buy the dress by agreeing to no Christmas or birthday gifts for the year when my friend demanded that certain aunts and uncles not be invited, causing a royal stir, resulting in the wedding being postponed. A week later, I woke up and saw on Florida on Facebook that she eloped in Florida without a single friend or family there. One poor girl bought the non-refundable dress, but thankfully no one dyed their hair. I was also a maid of honor and three months after the wedding, the marriage was dissolved and I found out my friend had cheated with a married man 11 days before the wedding. Oh my God, you were her maid of honor? That's kind of sad. You think you know someone? Uh, luckily, I've been a bridesmaid five other times for wonderful friends. Oh, my God. She attached a picture of this. It's so good. Maybe I'll make it the photo for my Instagram. $800. Also, it's hideous. Also, it's like not even very 2010s. I'd argue it's more um, antebellum America. <laughs> it's like a very tiered, large skirt. I just have so. Oh, this is a short one. Then I'll stop. It's just too, this is so fun because I'm getting to piles of things I haven't read. Uh, we attended a wedding where the bride and groom were amazing, kind, wonderful people, but their families are wild. The wedding was riddled with hiccups and oversights, but the cherry on top was the bride's sister and maid of honor getting absolutely wasted before her speech. She spoke for 20 minutes <laughs> until an uncle literally pulled the mic from her hand. Uh, the only time she mentioned the bride was when she pointed out that her sister was illegitimate and was the reason their parents had to get married. She spent the remaining 18 minutes talking about how she'd been living in sin with her boyfriend and how he had better propose soon because they'd been dating much longer than her sister and her new husband. And this is so embarrassing to have to be in this wedding without being engaged. Oh, my God. All the guest jaws were on the floor and we kept looking around for hitting cameras because surely this was a joke. It was the most cringy thing I've ever experienced. 
Oh my. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I, I'm, I've never witnessed like a hugely hammered toast. But that sounds epic. And it's like, you know, she's still close with her family and she's still married. So all things considered, it's pretty mild and wildly entertaining. I have a Kate Lila episode coming up soon where somebody is asking me about like how she can't get married because at the same time she got engaged, her husband's older brother got engaged and the family's so crazy about like order. And then the older brother has to get married first. That instead of this like wedding, they wanted to have in eight months. She has to wait two full years. I'm like, who cares? I bring that up because the person in that last story, the lovely lady in that last story, it sounds like she had a bit of a Sonia Rita herself, a little uh, medication, alcohol cocktail, and uh, was, you know, speaking a little too from the heart. But my question is, why? Why is that in your heart? It's okay. Everyone in their own time, in their own way. I wonder if she got proposed to by that guy. There is nothing sexier than a girl who is like, you know, raccoon eye smeared one spaghetti strap falling off levels of wasted just asking you to put a ring on it it's like god romance isn't dead you know anyway guys i'll pick up where i left off next week hope you enjoyed this episode i feel like it's a little thrown together but what i wanted to do was collect all the stories and then when i had a week where it'd be fun to talk about and i didn't have another pod i'd do it i just think i expected i'd have more time to listen to it so i didn't say anything too offensive but you know, we're just trying to have fun here. It's, it's when they're stories and not like actual, you know what I mean? It's like, these are characters. If I knew these people, I'm sure I'd feel differently. But you guys have some, a real cast of characters as your friends. My God, none of my stories even hold a candle to this. Thank God I asked you. You guys are awesome. I can't, you're so generous to share with me. And like, I have a huge stack more stories. Um, so next time I won't talk at the beginning or do my intro. I'll just kind of try to go fully through them. And that'll be so fun. And we'll crank out as many as we can. And I just, I don't deserve you. You are so nice to share. Uh, I hope everybody has a good week and weekend. Don't forget, come to my Nashville show on February 15th. And you can go to be there in slash live for tickets and Richmond, Virginia, March 17th. And hopefully April, May, maybe June. There's two other cities that we're like in talks with. So hoping to announce that soon. But anyway, thank you to Care Of. Thank you to Buffy. And I hope everybody enjoyed this, you know, I hope everybody enjoyed this walk down memory aisle, if you will. And uh, (laughs) thanks for joining me. And I will talk to you soon. Follow me at Be There in 5 on Instagram. Be There in 5's totally casual, breezy Facebook group. There's more crazy stories in there, but people's, people didn't like, I didn't want to read the Facebook ones. Let me know, guys, if I can. Uh, But I I think I crowdsource more so about like crazy bridal party emails. I just but I didn't ask them with like clarifying that I'd be sharing them. So I didn't want to do that. Uh, And what else? What else? I don't know. What other things can you buy for me or do for me? I don't know. I this is like the thirstiest two minutes of the podcast that I hate doing. But, you know, if you oh, yeah, if you want to leave a review, that'd be cool, too. Anyway, okay, love you so much. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five, I swear. Yeah. Just wanna see you. Shake that.